This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'll give you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniac! What is a man? When we are successful, we do it. We had a real chance to do it. First, there was darkness. Then came the strangers. They abducted us and brought us here. This city, everyone in it, is their experiment. They mix and match our memories as they see fit, trying to divine what makes us unique. One day, a man might be an inspector. The next, someone entirely different. When they want to study a murderer, for instance, they simply imprint one of their citizens with a new personality. Arrange a family for him, friends, an entire history, even a lost wallet. Then they observe the results. Will a man, given the history of a killer, continue in that vein? Or are we, in fact, more than the mere sum of our memories? This business of you being a killer was an unhappy coincidence. You have had dozens of lives before now. You just happened to wake up while I was imprinting you with this one. Why are they doing all this? It is our capacity for individuality, our souls, that makes us different from them. They think they can find the human soul if they understand how our memories work. All they have are collective memories. They share one group mind. They're dying, you see. Their entire race is on the brink of extinction. They think we can save them. They control everything here, even the sun. That's why it's always dark. They can't stand the light. When they first brought us here, they extracted what was in us so they could store the information, remix it like so much paint, and give us back new memories of their choosing. But they still needed an artist to help them. I understood the intricacies of the human mind better than they ever could. So they allowed me to keep my skills as a scientist because they needed them. But they made me delete everything else. You still don't understand, John. You were never a boy. Not in this place. Your entire history is an illusion of fabrication, as it is with all of us. You made those drawings happen with your gift. You say they brought us here. From where? I'm sorry. I don't remember. None of us remember that. But we once were. What we might have been. Somewhere else.
Yeah, we remember that this is Behind the Schemes, episode 49 for June 14th, 2021, and I'm Mothman, excuse me, <laughs> I'm Booberry, Mothman of the Miniocalypse. It's somewhere over here on the left coast. My name is Lavish. And joining us tonight, uh, we had a guest reach out to us, and this is Flat Earth Dave. What's going on, guys? Good evening. Howdy ho, man. How you, you doing? I'm doing fantastic here, sitting stationary, flat, not spinning, safe as can be. <laughs> not even like a record? It's, it's just t- totally immobile? Totally. The earth does not move at all. Do you feel like you're moving? Well, uh, now I'm going to have to go back and change the topic in our green room because it's uh, it said flatter. Dave spins us right round, baby right round, like a record baby right round, round, round. <laughs> well, the, it's the wheels in the sky that keep on turning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, to get us started, we typically draw a tarot card, and for tonight's tarot card, we snag the Ten of Pentacles. And uh, of course, we're pulling from the tar- Tarot de Marcel. Uh, the material cycle has completed, as shown by the change of color in the two orange pentagrams and especially the white axis connecting them vertically. The road to prosperity has closed in the material field. This is the time when creativity turns into practice. Money and material will turn into a sense of purity and other pure energy. This card refers to all questions beyond the body, reincarnation, miracles, and eternity. Ten of Pentacles signal the emergence of the Ace of Wands, a show favorite. The next stage will take place on the path of creative and sexual energy. Mm. Yeah, a, a really nice card indeed. Uh, the typical image you have with it is you've got an old man in a white beard with a robe, and he's got some dogs at his side, and his family loves him. And there's a yeah, it's 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 a very prosperous card uh, when, when it's upright. Very cool. And if you like what we do, this is a value for value production. So that means no advertisements or uh, other such shenanigans. You can go to our website and support us. You can also support us by sending clips, send us uh, news articles, send us ISOs. We got all sorts of stuff we'll play on this show. Mm-hmm. Just about anything. And, uh, you know, we have that beautiful number there, 612-263-7999. Leave us a voicemail if you have any questions for Flat Earth Dave. And at any point during the show, you feel free to call in and uh, we will play your question on the air. And to keep it interesting, I'm offering two Bitcoins for one proof of the globe. Wow, that's a lot of money, people. Uh, two Bitcoins <laughs> at this current stage is is around, I would say, 60, 70, between 60 and $70,000. You're wrong. 80 something thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. Is it back up again? Is it back yeah. up to 40? It's on its way to a hundred. Oh, it's at forty. Okay, it's at forty thousand right now. So it's two bitcoins is eighty thousand dollars. Man, I feel like I'd lose money trying to prove you wrong if I if I dive. Well, super you don't hard. lose anything. You don't lose anything. You, <laughs> That's you what just I'm have saying. To send one proof. It's it's a win win. You don't you don't lose anything. And if you try to prove the globe, you will end up being a flat earther, and that's a win. <laughs> that's a, that's a good. I like it. I like it. It's a good plan. That's how most people became flat earthers. They uh, tried to prove the globe. Mm. Now, yeah, I think I, it's fair to say that most people who get into this, it's because they they research it and they find evidence. That right. They, so, that so think about them. it. Let me let's play a little game. I'm going to ask: Have you guys done any research into this? 
I have the stuff that I've picked up through Osmosis. Uh, I, I've caught you on Tinfoil Hat before, and more recently, OBDM, Our Big Dumb Mouth. Um, <laughs> I was there for that show. Um, um, so the, the the thing that the people that think Flat Earth is stupid, it's because they think Flat Earth is something that's really stupid. They think it's a disc floating in space. It's rising at eight point, you know, eight meters per second or whatever it is uh, to create gravity. That's disinformation. That's when you Google Flat Earth, you end up at the Flat Earth Society. That's not us. That is a government run disinformation site to steer you away from Flat Earth. That's why Obama, in uh, half a dozen of his speeches, mentioned the Flat Earth Society. He said, we don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society. And that's basically to subliminally program you, whenever you look into Flat Earth, to go to the Flat Earth Society. Google does you a big favor, helps you out. You Google Flat Earth, you end up at the Flat Earth Society. You end up at their images, their videos. You end up at government-run propaganda nonsense that they want you to replace your common sense with. And well, before you before you move on, there there was one specific tweet that comes to mind, and it's the one that's always shared around as a meme, saying "Ha ha ha! Look at these assholes." It's the one. It's from the Flat Earth Society, and it says we have membership all across the all, globe, all around the globe, all man. around the globe. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a, a, that's hysterical. And they also have one that <laughs> says, "If the Earth was flat, the cats would have pushed everything off the edge already." Oh yeah, I've I've heard people specifically reference that one uh, right. in conversation. Not you know, and, and this is people that don't have any time for thinking outside of the uh, outside of the globe. <laughs> well, thinking mm-hmm. at all. So so the the people that think flat Earth is stupid, it's because they have a misconception of flat Earth is. But we uh, we test people all the time. We have um, uh, a couple of guys that are driving all around the country. They've been on tour for five months and they go and they stand on their soapbox and, and talk to people and they they offer $100 to answer three questions. Three simple questions about the globe and nobody's won the $100. The first one is, and I'll ask you, how many times per day does the Earth spin around? Well, I feel like the proper uh, sciencey answer would be one time in a twenty-four hour period, right? You're correct. That's one. The second question is, how far away is the sun? Something like sixty-six, six sixty-six miles. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. one I did. That's a good one. That's four, a good. Four, that's four a good guess. It, so you failed. Ninety-three million miles away. So these are things that people that defend the globe don't even know their model, and they have a fake idea of what the flat Earth is. Isn't that a little crazy? You know, they think that flat Earthers, the ones that have been researching both models for years, that were crazy, and they're defending something that they know nothing about. It's amazing. Right. Well, they also have the uh, onslaught of fact checkers like PolitiFact and Snopes to back back yeah. all of their information I, I mean, look, up. Have you looked into <laughs> who those fact checkers are? They're they're all funded by Big Pharma and the CIA. And, you know, the guy from Snopes uh, left his wife for a stripper in Las Vegas. And uh, mm. it, it's all nonsense. You know, fact yeah. checkers are just they're just the promoters of the nonsense. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to call them punching bags on this show, but we have our fun with them. <laughs> we certainly do. <laughs> uh, anyway, you're right, though. In the event that that in the event that the Earth were flat, 
in a, in, a, in a given situation, which I'm sure you're going to let us know about. But if it were, it would be very difficult, I think, for people to get past their their already preset conceptions of of what they think, how they think the universe works, right? Well, they, it, they it is but one crossing that yeah, threshold. The problem is they don't even know how it works. The the all of the stuff that they tell us is all nonsensical. Uh, it's all scientifically provably impossible from the distance of the stars and the planets and the brightnesses. If you actually apply science to them, none of it works. Like it would be impossible to see a star at the distances they tell us. For example, let's talk about Polaris. Now Polaris is forty six times bigger than the sun. They tell us okay, right? It's a little tiny dot in the sky. Well. The sun, we know, they tell us the size compared to the earth, and we move the sun 93 million miles away. If the sun was right next to the earth, it would fill the entire sky. If it was a mile in the sky over our heads, it would fill the entire sky, horizon to horizon. Then we move it 93 million miles away, and due to perspective, it reduces all the way to the size of a coin held at arm's length, just like we see the sun. So that's a huge reduction. It went from the entire sky, horizon to horizon, to the size of a coin. If I doubled the distance, how much smaller would it get? Okay, and the answer is it would get a lot smaller to the point where you probably couldn't see it, but let's just say maybe you could. So let's make it 24 times farther, okay? No possible way multiple times over that you can see it. Scientifically, provably, its its size is too small. And if you also use the inverse square law of light, every time you double a distance, it's one quarter of the brightness. So it's just getting dimmer and dimmer, but we'll leave that out of the equation because we don't even need that. So you could scientifically prove that you could not see the sun at 24 times the distance. 24 times the distance converted into light into light time that would be um that would be 3 light days. 3 light days. So at 3 light days that's the light the time you know the distance light travels in 3 days the sun would not be visible. Well remember Polaris is 46 times bigger. So let's turn it to 48 cuz that's like two light days and multiply that times the six that we're talking um, the three light days. So that would be at six light days. You could not see Polaris scientifically provably. It would be too small at six light days away. Okay. Do you follow me? I know a lot of people mm-hmm. have a hard time following math. I think I'm explaining it clearly yeah, at good. six light days. We can prove that you could not see Polaris. And they tell us it's 433 light years away. I don't know, you know, you just really think about that. It would be impossible. You couldn't see stars. These distances are nonsensical. They have to make them that far because they're like, well, that's why there's no parallax. Even though the earth is corkscrewing through space, a year from now will be 4.4 billion miles from where we are right now in just one year and somehow over decades and centuries the stars never change they the the constellations never change there's no parallax there's no movement even though science says the way we tell the distance of the stars is we look at two stars that are near each other and one of them's farther. And then six months later, we look at it and we can see the parallax. You know, there's a movement. Well, six months later, we're 186 million miles on the other side of the sun, but we've also moved 4.4 billion miles in a curving pattern. And they're using parallax. But meanwhile, 
You go out tonight and mark where the stars are at a certain time, next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, same night, same time, the stars are in the exact same position. This proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're not moving, that the stars are are circling around within the Earth system. You guys familiar with Stonehenge? I mean, not Stonehenge, um, the Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Georgia mm-hmm. Guidestones, besides, you know, being a New World Order, uh, you know, playbook, they ha- there's a <laughs> hole drilled in one of the rocks. Instruction a, manual. <laughs> yeah, instruction manual. There's a long, thin hole, and when you look through it, Polaris is right there. If we were mm. corkscrewing through space in four different directions at once, as, as they tell us, moving billions and trillions of miles, there's no way Polaris would stay in that hole for the amount of time it took them to drill the hole. But it's been up for over 40 years. Polaris has never moved. Science will tell us that in 20,000 years or 40,000 years from now, we'll have a new North Star. And 40,000 years ago, we had a different North Star because the Earth is moving. Well, we just happen to live in the time where, where it's pointing at the North Star. Over the last 39,000 years, it wasn't pointing at anything. Nice. Cool story, bro. Cool story. And, and that is based on the reason why they say the North Star changes is because of the axial tilt of the Earth, correct? So the idea is. Well, the North the Star, wobble. no. They say the North Star never changes, but they say the precession of the equinoxes the, the, were wobbling. And, mm-hmm. and every, you know, and for a full wobble is 25,000 years and change. Right. And uh, th- that's why we have nonsense. It's all nonsense. The stars always reset. Right. And we catch them all the time and they change stuff like we used to go online and use the the star the uh, program stellarium which um could you can put any date you want in and it would show you where the stars are so we started looking at for the procession of polaris and we went five thousand ten thousand years in the future and polaris never moved and so Mm -hmm. we actually contacted the people in the government that run stellarium and uh they fixed it so now you can only go I think like 500 years into the future, they made it so you can't go any farther oh, wow. or, or far in either direction, right? So creepy. You gotta yeah, shut and then it their down. answer their answer, <laughs> their answer was horrible. Their answer was, "Well, we can't predict, you know, and like you can't predict it, but you can predict it." I mean, they 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 oh, constantly no. get caught. They up. didn't even blame the computer. They they no. really made it. A, oh, that's terrible. So, do the yeah. stars stop? being uh i guess balls of elements just burning at super hot intensities or yeah so once upon a time there was nothing it exploded created everything and then all of the rocky bits turned into planets and all of the gases decided to turn into gassy balls that got even so big that they burst into flames and they had so much gravity that they can hold on to the rocky balls i'm laughing as i'm saying this and they created a vacuum in between all of the stars and the rocky balls so now you have burning balls of gas in a vacuum that's a problem all right the the gas balls are holding on to all of the planets but the planets are able to hold on to their moons and the gas balls don't pull on the moons it's all nonsensical gibberish baloney and and people Mm -hmm. just look it up science can't even model three bodies in their most best supercomputer they can put two bodies of any size have them orbiting each other and it'll predict where they are flawlessly for decades but if you add a third body orbiting either one of those the entire model goes into chaos mode and they cannot figure out what's going to happen next. But meanwhile, we believe that in our solar system alone, there's like 50 some odd objects, moons and planets and, and everything. Uh, and they all work perfectly and they can predict where they're going to be for decades, centuries into the future and into the past. 
mm. baloney. I do have some issues with our moon. You should fact, have a lot of issues with our moon. <laughs> the fact that it's the biggest moon proportional to all of the planets, and uh, it's the same you know proportional size as the sun. That, that's what I want. Okay, so... Yeah. In, in a real it, way, the face doesn't move. You can only see the one side, it right? Because it's perfectly got that, yeah. stationary. And when there's a new moon, no one could ever see it for less than in, in under forty hours. Once it goes new, no one has ever seen it. Even during a solar total eclipse, when the entire brightness of the sun is knocked out, the Earth, from the moon's point of view, is a fully lit Earth. So the Earth shine, just like the moon shine, lights up the dark night. The Earth shine should light up the dark night on the moon, right in front of the sun. And it doesn't. No one's ever seen it. No infrared camera, not from the International Fake Station, not from a high-flying YouTube plane, not from a telescope, infrared telescope, nothing. No one's ever seen the sun approach an eclipse or exit an eclipse. So what is the moon? Big mystery. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, one of the, one of my more favorite clips that we've pulled for this show is the uh, Crow 77, or excues me, Crow 770. Crow's- Seventy-seven, seven. <laughs> that one works. Crow too. triple seven. Crow seven 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 triple seven uh, with his hologram uh, that he not caught. a hologram. The the lunar wave you're referring to. Oh, the lunar where, wave. My bad. Where Crow was filming the moon and kind of like a refresh. Two refresh waves went over it, and people say, "Oh, that's just the camera refreshing." But the way he moved the camera, he outran the refresh, and then it caught up. So whatever that wave was. Um, it would uh it it was something that was in the sky and not an, an a, ca- a camera anomaly. So mm-hmm. what is it? You know, I don't know. Uh, it's been caught multiple times by multiple people. There's also it's been caught going across the sun. So what's going on? Is there a wave in the sky? I think that's the the space. What we call space is actually water. So it could be that kind of wave. It could be something else. Don't know. You think that space is is filled with water? I think space is water. Correct. I think that they're trying to break through the firmament and, uh, and you know, there's water. Um, it might even be on this side of the firmament. I couldn't tell you. But when you look at stars with our consumer optics now, we've out there, our optics have outgrown their lies and the, the, they look like lights underwater. When we're seeing stuff, it looks like lights underwater. If you look at NASA, they're liars and, you know, we can just, they've never been to space and, you know, that's, that's busted. Um, but if you look at everything to talk about the moon and going to space, it's all nautical terms. You know, the, the train, mm-hmm. the sea of tranquility, ships, docking, you know. Well, it's that's always all, been a trope that, that space is an ocean. Yeah. It's always been kind of the, the, the theme with it because it's the closest thing we have as human beings to compare to. Yeah. That's an interesting idea because if you think back to uh, whatever they, whatever utopia or the golden age was and then then comes the cataclysm and for all bets and purposes, it's this great flood. Do you think that maybe the firmament has been punctured before? They, you know, I think it says in the Bible that God opened windows in the heavens and the water came in. You know, how do you flood a spinning ball in a space vacuum without a physical barrier? That's ridiculous. I mean, we live on a spinning ball in a vacuum and those air is holding onto the earth. And you ask a glober, you guys are globers, or maybe you're not, um, why doesn't the air get sucked off into space? And they go, well, space isn't a vacuum, like a vacuum cleaner. Well, vacuum, we mean no air, no pressure, right? And they say gravity, gravity's holding the air down. But meanwhile, a summer breeze can push the wind left, right, forward, backwards, Mm -hmm. up, down, right? I can take a straw at any altitude and drink a glass of water or suck air up in it with the weak 
low pressure system of my mouth and lungs, but the super intense vacuum of space can't pull the air up and away from this magical gravity. Mm. Um, cool story, bro. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to think about that. This force has enough. It can pull a planet together and you can give it all the atmosphere and keep it from getting sucked out into space. But at the same time, you can jump and you're just a little ant. Yeah, how would you even lift your arms? How is in Australia now there's trillions of tons of water and cruise ships and cargo ships upside down, right? It's all being pulled to the center, the very perfect center of the earth. Think about this. Who the heck, break the earth down into separate atoms. Who the heck told the atom at the very center that he's the center and everyone has to come towards him? What about his buddy that was halfway between the center and the surface? And he goes, no, no, I'm the center. Everybody come towards me, right? Gravity Mm. is the dumbest thing in the world. It's a theory and it doesn't work. And they have to, it's so bad that they have to make up dark matter and dark energy to, uh, to to make it work and it still doesn't work they're like well there's no one's ever seen dark matter or dark energy but it has to exist because space doesn't make any sense without it guess what space doesn't make any sense with it or without it space is fake i think if anything i've subscribed mostly to the electric universe that that's always well you know we've been in touch with those guys and those guys got a lot right because this world is electric it's electric and magnetic. Electricity and magnetism are brother and sister. We mm-hmm. are electric. And our, you know, our hearts are electric. Our hearts don't pump blood through our body. Our hearts charge our blood, electrify it so it can go through our body, right? Mm-hmm. That's why they use electrical charge, you know, to restart your heart. Uh, the, the sun is like a Tesla coil, right? That's a, these are the, you know, this is the, the 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 electric universe people are on that line of thinking they just haven't come to the understanding yet that we're not a spinning ball flying through space so that's true think about this solar panels they don't know how they work scientists don't know how they work they have a theory on how they work that a photon hits the hits the silicon molecule knocks a boron molecule out and an electron jumps in and it does that again and again it creates a current that's nonsense it doesn't work that way all a solar panel is, is it's collecting electricity. The sun is sending electricity to the earth. We all need that electricity for our bodies. Plants need it to grow. And the solar powers can capture it and put it into currents and run it down the wires. It's a simple process. But they can't figure it out because they don't know that the sun is here, local, close, electric. The, the, the sun is the anode and the moon is the cathode of the earth battery system. The salt water carries the current and the land is the salt bridge of the battery. That's why, and, and that is responsible for part of the reasons why tides happen. It's the, it's the, um, it's, it has to do with the electrical charge of the earth. Salt water carries a current, fresh water does not. It's not the moon, right? They tell us the, the, the high tide is caused by the gravity of the moon. When there's a full moon, there's a higher high tide. Okay, there's some correlation there. But how come when there's a new moon, there isn't a higher tide? Because the moon's still there. It's just not lit in the helio nonsensical model. But right. it's still there, but it's not causing it. Well, when the moon is powered up, the cathode of the system, it affects the currents in the water. Right? Among and if you other look at things, right? yeah, it does a lot of things. But if you look at where the high tides and low tides are at the same time, 
it doesn't make any sense. There's all tidal nodes all over the place. There's some great videos. Here's the thing. If you try to research Flat Earth, you're not going to find anything good. You're going to get all the garbage from the mainstream media. You're going to get all the garbage from the Flat Earth Society. Um, they don't want you seeing this information, but it's still out there. I, you, are you guys familiar with my app? Uh, I am not, actually. I am not. So I created an app um, to bypass the YouTube algorithms and to show people how it works. It does amazing stuff. It's called the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app, and it's by Blue Water Bay. You have to make sure you get the right one because they're already trying to hide it. Uh, it's on Google Play. You need an Android 8.0 phone or higher, and it's on Apple. You need an iPhone 6 or better. The app's $2.99. It's a one-time charge, and you get it forever. Just if you have concerns about the three bucks, read the read the read the um reviews it's the highest rated app in the app store everyone loves it and this is my challenge for the two bitcoins every day on the app a new video appears right on the face of the app and it says uh, video of the day featured video and i say watch those videos every day for two weeks i do short ones during the week and longer ones on the weekend and at the end of that two weeks if you still think the earth is a globe email me and send me that proof. But before you do, you have to hit the frequently asked questions button and up comes the top 21 questions that, um, that you, that you might have. For example, what about eclipses? What about tides? What about ships over the horizon? What about gravity? What about seasons? What about southern flights? What about the 24 hour sun in Antarctica? Where's the edge? Why the lie? Satellites and GPS. It's all in there. And when you click one of those buttons, up comes a playlist of videos that Google will not serve you. If you search, you know, hey, moon landing hoax, NASA lies, uh, you're going to get hit pieces um, that are going to try to control you and it works on weak minds. People mm -hmm. are like, oh, well, you know, all these results come back, you know, uh, consensus is, you know, is science. Well, that's not the case at all. So there's the challenge, the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock yeah. out by Blue Looking Water Bay. Right now. Check Flat it out. Flat Earth Sun and Moon Zodiac. You know, it's number seven right now in utilities from what I'm seeing. It's got five stars, th over a thousand uh, high ratings. It's a uh, very... Uh, reasonable cost it's the real and, deal and last thing is blue water it, it's two dollars and 99 cents but the, hold on a second people said hey can you add this can you add that i started adding stuff and this app is getting very expensive which is fine i love it and people said hey can you put a donation button so we can donate and every time you have enough money to make an improvement we'll add more and i'm like cool idea they don't allow donation buttons all right so what i did is i added a mm -hmm. subscribe button a subscribe button you can subscribe for 99 cents or 11 bucks for the year and um, all you get for that subscription is there's one pop-up every 24 hours, not one every hour, one every 24 hours. And it says, would you like to subscribe? No ads. You can exit out the second it shows up. You know, waiting, no nothing. It goes away. And then you got the app for the rest of the day. The next day, it'll just pop up. And you don't need to subscribe and don't subscribe unless you absolutely love the app and say, this is the greatest thing ever. I want more. Then you can subscribe. Cool. How's that? We got it dropped in our, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in our chat room, hashtag green room. And uh, it looks like uh, Minas has already picked it up. So check it out. And, and listen, the, the play with all the buttons, go into the settings, scroll down, change your backgrounds, uh, customize it, change the settings to Fahrenheit if you live in a Fahrenheit region. Um, 
Check out the playlist. Check out the web button. Very cool stuff there. If you hit the Tataria Mud Floods button, bring food and water because you're not coming out for a long time. Um, there's <laughs> a really amazing stuff in there. Hit the archive button, which is next to the featured videos. So if you don't want to wait every day for another video, you can look at all the videos that were ever on the app. Um, they're listed by months and, uh, and years. And uh, you will never be bored again. <laughs> uh, I got a, another question for you. Uh, something like Planet Nibiru, does it come into play? Yeah. So, again, you have to take the idea of space and balls floating in space and rocks. Uh, um, take that all out. But what could Planet Nibiru be? Well, it could. there could be a light in the sky that they tell us is Planet Nibiru, just like there's lights in the sky that they tell us are Mars and Saturn and Jupiter, right? These are just lights within our sky. They're all named after God. So what are they? I don't know. Maybe they're sentient in some way. They're, they used to be called wandering stars. And um, so what is Nibiru? Well, maybe Nibiru is a wandering star that comes by, you know, once a great year or, or whatever. There's all different types of cycles um, that we're unaware of. We're just aware of, you know, the one year, 365 days with a leap year, you know, fourth year. Um, <clears throat> there's the great year and there's there's um, ages and there's all sorts of stuff. And, you know, the Mayan calendar uh, was resetting in 2012 and that was the apocalypse. Well, guess what? It was the apocalypse because guess what? People are waking up. The frequency of the earth is changing. People are waking up. You know, when I go out now into a group, I don't even bring up flat earth. Other people do. And then other people are listening and there's like, yeah, you know, I heard about this. You know, I saw it. Yeah, I am a flat earther. The flat earth is growing. It is the fastest and biggest growing thing right now. And they don't want you to know that because a lot of people are in the closet. Oh, I'm not looking at it. It's stupid. You know, I don't want to feel like an outcast. Um, but it's not that way. More and more people. I went to a rally today and half the people there were flat earthers. It's, it's happening right now. And the elite don't like this. I'm predicting something massive is going to happen within the next few months that is going to distract the world from everything that they're thinking about. I have no idea what it is. I kind of do, but I'm not going to say. Um, but they're going to do, do something because they don't want us waking up. Because if you wake up to the flat earth, you disconnect from their fear matrix and they no longer have control over you. Well, wouldn't you say that there are a lot of uh, holes in the boat you know, flat Earth. Obviously, when when you talk about flat Earth, when you when you're talking about what you're talking about, you're actually talking about something that involves the basic fundamentals of the universe, not just not just that the Earth is flat. I mean, that's that's such a simple and basic way of sure. kind of showing seeing it. You're talking about that you know the way that we perceive space and and time and gravity. It's all uh, basically justifications to explain a reality that that simply it can't be described in, in those terms. Well, correct. It, it's not the shape of the earth that matters. It's the lie that matters. We're not on a spinning ball flying through an infinite, godless, or distant God universe. We're at the center of creation. The earth plane is an extended plane. I say extended because I don't want to say infinite. could be infinite, but who knows? We're not allowed out there. And we live with a pond, within a pond in on top of that extended plane. Well, what if there was another pond maybe 10,000 miles past the shore of Antarctica or a thousand miles or a hundred thousand miles. Couldn't tell you, but it's a lot closer than these ridiculous stars. And there could be multiple ponds. There could be millions of ponds, 
right? There could be other worlds. There could be another ring around us uh, with another wider circling sun, um, in which would expose extra terrain, extra terra, extra territory uh, in the outer space beyond Antarctica. Hmm. If somebody lived there and they came to visit, what would you call them? You'd call them an extraterrestrial from the outer space. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's very Atlantean, too, at the same point with all the sure. rings like stacked inside yeah, of each Lord other. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Think about it. You know, you could have a ring around a ring around a ring, and, and then there could be multiple, the, there could be more and more of these things all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of a bigger system. Um, but we live in the Earth system, and and we live in this realm where you know we're experiencing the mind of the Creator, and we're ex- we're expanding the mind of the Creator with our experiences here. So, you know, we have two basic rules here: don't lose control of your soul, don't sell it, and mm-hmm. don't break anyone else's free will. That's it. That's all you got to worry about. And this this world is an amazing place. Right now, there's a little bit of tyranny going on, wouldn't you say? And and uh, the I, I, only t- I totally missed it. Where? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's actually a really good attitude because there isn't any. It's all in your head. Everybody that thinks they're under control is it's a belief system in their head. What if everyone, what if I hypnotized the whole world and said, Anything the government says you can't hear, they're invisible, they don't exist. Well, it'd be over. We'd be done, right? And if they ever said anything, nobody would hear them. Nobody would care because they have no control over us. They have no, um, they have no rights over us. They're not allowed to break our free will, but we allow them to. Do you, because- uh, do you remember the, the, uh, ending of Merlin with Sam O'Neill, I believe, is in it? And, uh, they're fighting the Witch Morgana and, and, uh, and Sam's like, ah, you know what? All we got to do to beat her, oh, we just got to turn around and stop paying attention to her. And then she loses all of her power because she had all that intention flowing into her, which fed her, kept her powerful. You just got to turn your back on the, you know, we don't want right. to bash on one side or the other, but uh, the general term is you just got to turn your back on the witch. Um, and that's how people turn their back on things like this and, and other other um, what you would call conspiracies that are you could say more palatable, but it's such Here, a big lie thing. that it has to bleed into various branches of life. Not just let me comment on that because that's very it, it's very you know it hits home with me because we're taught that the Earth is flat before we can talk. The books that our parents read to us, the television shows, Sesame Street had astronauts on it. The first worksheet we bring home from school is about the orbits of the sun and the moon and the planets. And their biggest heroes are astronauts. Yeah, the the globe in front of the room, the all the cartoons, all the movies, uh, everything is globe, globe, globe. Right? All of this is just programming, and it's so programmed that you just build your world foundation around it and people it's easier to lie to someone than to convince them they've been lied lied to so that that's the first part and then um what else you said you said um other conspiracies are more palatable i was doing a conspiracy podcast called deep inside the rabbit hole where we looked at everything from 9-11 to the boston marathon to sandy hook to uh all of these you know events that happen all around yeah yeah, and uh, we're we're doing serious research in all of them. We've made documentaries. There's all sorts of stuff. You want to find all of that stuff? It's all removed from YouTube. It's all at stoplookthink.com. 
Um, again, if you go there, you better be ready for some shocking information. Stoplookthink.com. Um, that's where Close everything that is. Yeah, you Stop can put that in there. And uh, and again, there's stuff right on the homepage, the drop down hoax menu. Just look at that list for a while. Um, and click click one of them and start watching. But this is, you know, there's so much research there, and it's all in video format. So I, I make it because I know people love videos. And and again, don't just believe a video. Look at the information in the video and go verify it yourself. So um, mm-hmm. it'll it'll blow you away there. So I was doing that, and then I found out about the flat Earth. I kept it quiet for six months. I didn't want to discredit all of the hard work I've done with uh, the flat Earth. But then I realized. The earth is flat. It's the truth. I can't keep it quiet. And, uh, and I brought it out and, uh, my, my podcasting mates and, uh, they didn't like it. And the producers, they were freaking out, but then they kind of grew accustomed to a little bit, but it still got out of control. That was the third year of the podcast. We finished up the third year, 150 episodes. And, uh, and then we, they, it kind of flat earth killed the, the deep inside the rabbit hole. And then I started the flat earth podcast because there was tons of information on YouTube, but there was no podcast on it. And that took off. Um, and, uh, so, so that's where I am. But when you, so when you say, you know, in more palatable, I'm with you six years ago, you mentioned flat earth to somebody, they call you a moron right out. It just comes out of their mouth. You're a moron. Mm-hmm. Now you mention flat earth, they go, you know, I've heard something about that. You know, I have a question. Uh, it's here. We're at the tipping point. It's going to happen uh, very soon. Um, when I say very soon, could it be tomorrow? Sure could be. Could it be in a year? Sure could be. Could it be five years? I think it's going to be sooner than that. I'm not even sure we're mm-hmm. going to be here in five years. <laughs> and, and you could say the same thing about Bitcoin. You know, six years ago, everybody thought Bitcoin was a joke. And now you're, you're well, here offering two of them. And it's I'm offering two of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bitcoin. $100,000. Yeah, and 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 if you hold on to it, it'll be worth two million dollars. You know, yeah. in my opinion, maybe next year, maybe five years, but yeah, you know, eventually something's going to happen with it again. But I'm not too worried about it because the Earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> that might be uh that might be an ISO that we pull for the show. That was uh, <laughs> it was classic. That was uh, that was exactly what we look for here on behind the schemes. <laughs> we didn't laugh yeah. too soon. That was funny. It's awesome. uh, it, it's it's a hard thing to realize because nobody likes having their ball taken away, correct? And and, and oh, nobody wow, likes having yeah. the rug ripped out from underneath them. You know, hey, guess what? Your whole life's a lie. <laughs> Everything that you believed, all the movies that you love, Star Wars, Star Trek, all of that, all nonsense, right? You know, not even fantasy, ridiculousness. Um, mm. But. Once you realize the truth of this world, this is way better. The flat earth, the center of creation, we're on a solid foundation. Uh, we're not going to be hit by an asteroid. We're not going to run out of food. We're not going to run out of dinosaur juice for our, for our, our cars, which is ridiculous. Uh, we're not going to be nuked. None of that's going to happen. Nuclear bombs are fake. What about Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Nagasaki. Uh, those were fire bombs. Those were TNT bombs. There's video of them stocking ground zero the, where the bomb went off with pallets and pallets and pallets of TNT. After the bombs went off, three days later, the flower shops were open. The sandwich shops were open. The trains were running and people were back to work. Does that sound like a nuclear bomb? No, it doesn't. Plants, animal, and people have always thrived there. Um, and during that entire time, nobody was allowed to take a picture or write an article other than one guy. And if you did, you went to jail. Okay? Controlling the information, 
that's controlling the information. And uh, it's all about scaring. You know, when you hear, oh, my God, Kim Jong-un is going to blow up the world. Go look at the photos of him and his military. Go find a good photo and zoom in on it. It's the same soldiers stepped and repeated again and again and again. The bombs, the missiles, they're balloons. They're blow up Macy's Day balloons. Okay? It's all Mm -hmm. fake. The whole world is a stage. You know who said the whole world is a stage? My man, Billy Shakespeare. Yeah, guess what? Uh, he didn't even exist. He's made up also. <laughs> okay? The guy that said the earth is a stage isn't real. That's how much of the earth is a stage. He was The so guy right. that, that, that wrote the paper on theorizing about dinosaurs in the 1800s, the royal guy, he, uh, no one, you know, no one, you never heard Egyptians, anybody with all the construction they did in the past, no one's ever found a dinosaur. This guy theorizes the idea of dinosaurs. And then a year later, to the date of publishing that article, he discovers the first dinosaur. Yeah, I've always thought the fossil thing was pretty sketch because most of them are, if not all of them, are just all castings. Uh, yeah, or fake. Now they're finding like a yeah, whale bone, bone on the top of a mountain, bones. and they're like, "Well, that has to be a dinosaur." And then they extrapolate yeah. a whole dinosaur out of it. Nonsense. It's all nonsense. Mm-hmm. And people go, well, where did you get your degree? You didn't get a degree in paleontology. you know. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the paleontologist is the one that went to the Rockefeller-funded school and memorized and regurgitated all their bullshit the best. So, and only passed the class if they said the right things. To, to yeah, I mean, you, you, if you question or come up with new ideas, you get, you, you get thrown out. You know, this is You're all kook. propaganda. It's all control. They script the world and they play it out on the world stage. I think this is a big problem people have, like you said, that, you know, they, it, it's hard to admit that you're wrong. And it's especially hard to admit that you're wrong about stuff that you took as a fundamental truth in your life. But w- when it comes to, uh, when it comes to this kind of thing, you have to have that ability to go, okay, I could be wrong. And, but, but trust your senses, trust mathematics, trust certain things that just, this doesn't add up. You can at least have the ability to say that the, what is the mainstream narrative has holes in it. You don't have to go to the extreme and, and start jumping to conclusion on things, but you can at least understand that, that there's a lot of things that we don't know that we pretend. There's a lot know. of things that we don't know. We know that we don't know. Globe believers have no idea that they don't know. And they think they know what flat earth is and they're wrong. They th- yeah. think they know what the globe is and they're wrong. When I heard about flat earth, I said, that's so friggin' dumb. There's a million proofs of the globe, and there's none of flat Earth. Well, guess what? The complete opposite is two. Here's the thing, though. There's certain things that work on a globe and work on a flat Earth, like circumnavigation east and west work perfectly on both. Um, there's things that only work on a flat Earth, like we can see too far. There's no curvature. You know, there's no you know high pressure next to low pressure can't exist without a you know a, a container. Um, you know, seasons only work on a flat earth on a, on, and there's nothing that falls into the globe only basket. There's nothing, not one thing. If there was, somebody would have two Bitcoins. <laughs> I will say that I've had a pretty crazy experience, uh, firsthand doing some sun gazing, sun eating. Nice. Um, Did you watch the solar eclipse the other day? No, I didn't. Oh, don't worry, you can catch the next one in 2044. Yeah, the other day is in a couple of years ago, right? Like no, two years ago? No, like the ninth. 
the 9th yes. of June. And check this out. This is a crazy one. They didn't tell us about it. It was hidden. You couldn't find any information about it online. I found out about it two days before it happened. Um, yeah, and I, I have eclipses. I can't believe I have. A, uh, was this a horned reference one, or am I making that up? No, that's a, you're right. It went in between the bull ho- bull's horns. This was a super powerful one. I'm sure Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci were probably eating a small child that morning. So <laughs> did did um go to go to my YouTube channel, which is the initials for Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, D I T R H, and the second newest video is uh, is the eclipse footage. Um, it's mind blowing. And again, it's not the moon that we see that is doing the eclipse. It's crazy. And people look at it and go, Oh, that's a beautiful moon. It's not the moon. It's the sun you're looking at. And it was an 80% eclipse here and they, nobody talked about it. And by the way, I stared at the eclipse the entire time, this time and the last one in 2017. And my eyesight got better, not worse. I did not go <laughs> blind. That's we. I mean, do that at your own risk, uh, please. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> and, and then you, you said that you sun gaze. Think about this. I when I you, will say I, I did look at it through indirect light through trees and stuff. Um, but yeah, was, well, I do I do sun gazing in the afternoons, and I could do it you know a good hour or two before sunset. Um, and it takes time. It's like with lifting weights. You don't want to do it. You don't want to start heavy. All you know, start just right at sunset for ten seconds. You know, um, but if you do it right, you know your eyes get stronger and they get more powerful. Well, when you watch an eclipse, there's some bright, there's some powerful energy. Think about this though. If you look at the eclipse, you go blind. Well, how come when I look at the sun, I'm watching a hundred percent of the sun. When I'm watching an eclipse, I'm watching twenty percent of the sun. How is that going to hurt my eyes? And it, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, but there, there's energies coming from the sun during an eclipse that I cannot explain. Uh, you know, if you look at the, well, it, it, you're not gonna be able to do it now, but if you watch like an eclipse that's high in the, there, what, this one was on the horizon, so it was really easy to look at, but one that's high in the sky when it happens, if you look at the light beams going through the trees, all of these little eclipse shapes are on the ground. You'll see hundreds and hundreds of them under a tree. Like you can see the eclipse on the ground. It's like the weirdest fractal you've ever, ever seen. So um, if the watching the eclipse made you blind, there would be tens of millions of people that go blind every time there's an eclipse because most people don't even know what's going on. Nobody listens anyway. Um, no one goes blind ever. I would assume that there would be more historical accounts of mass mass groups of people going blind too. Yeah, more specific instances. My uncle went blind because he looked at you know, which is what I'm always looking for with anything, <clears throat> be it a what? a disease of a virus or otherwise. Why did you go blind? We, sorry, why did your uncle go blind? Oh no, I just you don't hear stories like that. Oh yeah, you yeah, never, yeah okay. you never heard a story of uh, like that. Yeah, well, no, there's, well, there's like one story years ago. Yeah, the guy looked at the clips. Now he's blind. Mainstream media carried that. You know, one guy, yeah. give me a break. Give me a break. He probably got poked in the eye with a ice pick. Or maybe he just went blind. You know, people go, yeah, you know, or maybe he didn't. Maybe it, was, maybe it was just another fake story. Anything on the news. Here's the thing. It, you know, you know the difference between a conspiracy theory and a fact? Uh, uh, see, cons- uh, the news hasn't talked about we, a conspiracy theory on no the about about six the about six months. Oh, okay. it's about oh. six months. <laughs> okay. Well, these and, days and I so feel like it's about five to ten years. Going back in history, in the last ten years, if every single news show, news story, big news story that you saw, 
if you bet $100 that it was a fake story, you'd be rich. Okay? There's a few real ones. Most of them are fake. Yeah. At, to the point where you can almost auto-hoax these big stories. Okay? They're fake. And then you say they're fake. You know, people like, I've been screaming about chemtrails for, you know, over well over a decade. Long over a decade. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Now, they admit that they're doing it. They say it. Bill Gates says he wants to darken the sun. Right? They admit that they're controlling the weather with spraying of the sky. It's not, it's more than that. They that that's just part of it. There's patents on it. I used to be a crazy conspiracy theorist because I said they were spraying chemicals in the sky. Well, they are. They admit it, and nobody gives a crap. Right. And if you if, if they do see it, they go, well, you know, they're probably doing it for a good reason, which yeah. is the way a lot of people explain away when they've been proven wrong, right? On major shit. What is this flashpoint? Uh, the the great unzipping, as we call it here on the show. What what's the what's the moment that wakes up the entirety of the population in your in your so I, in your uh, yeah yeah so so I I had a plan years ago when I was doing deep inside the rabbit hole I called it exposing the big three and it was three major events Connecticut New York and and uh, Boston those three big events and I was like with all the research and all the documentaries we made. Uh, anybody that watches them, uh, there's no way that they can't see it. They would absolutely see that these things are fake staged events um, and that uh, that would wake them up. And what happened is people like, would wake up and then they'd be like, yeah, you know, you know, and they go back to work and they'd forget about it. Like, oh, you know, the people that did that, you know, those are just some rogue people and they'll be caught and be, you know, and it'll all be straightened out. And the new administration's coming in, blah, 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 blah. And they go back to sleep. But what I found out is when you wake someone up to flat earth. They never go back to sleep. They wake up and all of a sudden they can see everything. Because once you stop spinning, if once your subconscious is not spinning and corkscrewing through an infinite space vacuum, which is very unstabilizing, um, and you realize you are solid on this foundation, your spirit lifts, your vibration lifts, and all of a sudden you can think. So what is the tipping point? Flat Earth is the tipping point. And uh, they don't like that. So we're going to see something happen uh, very soon that's going to try to derail this. That's my opinion. Um, hopefully, you know, and the whole thing can be stopped. The elite can be stopped in their tracks. You know, people say, well, I'm only one person. What could I do? I got to go to my work. I got to go to work. I still have to pay my bills. But, 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 that's the psyop right there. They want you. They want you in that slave job. They want you fighting for those fiat dollars that are worthless. They want you, you know, they're not worthless. They do pay your bill, you know, because everybody believes that they're worth something. So everyone trades them for, for things when in fact they're worth nothing. So they, they want you thinking that there's nothing you can do, but there is. All you have to do is say, I do not consent. If everyone said, I do not consent tonight, it would be over tonight. For sure. And that's one thing that I've definitely learned over the past year because we're cresting up on our uh, one-year anniversary at the end of the month is that uh, there's people out here that are on all of the same frequencies in a lot of ways. And uh, it's not... It's not as lonely, I think, as it was in the uh, "quote unquote" old normal, you know. Right. Uh, so it, it's it's definitely been a 
an eye-opening experience and just over and well, over and over again. If you look at it, look what happened, you know, after 9-11 with the, you know, the nonsense of 9-11. Uh, what they did to the airports, well, that never went away. We're still in a state of emergency. Oh, for sure. Okay. It never yeah. went away. So they want a, you know, the one world government, one world army. Well, they're going to pull an event that's going to, everyone's going to be like, oh my God. And they're going to go. Russia and China and the United States are banding together to fight this thing, whatever it is. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, rah, rah, rah. And then they'll win and the thing will go away and they'll be like, all right, let's keep it this way. Right? Boom. One world army, one world order, total control. Mm. You know, they got the 5G grid, which is going to track everything's going to have an IP address. You have an IP address. Your banana has an IP address. Everything will have an IP address. They will control everything if we allow them. Mm. And they want it. They got to have it. Shall I say they want it for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be. That's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. It's it's a very strange time. Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I could say in human history, but what do I know about that? But just with I'll tell the, you what you know about it. Technology is coming in. Well, I <laughs> Nothing. Know, I know. Guess That's why when, I say that. Yeah. Um, people say we've known the Earth is flat for 2,000 years when Aristophanes figured it out with his sticks and shadows experiment, which is nonsense. Um, in the 1920s and 30s, everyone in the world knew the Earth was flat. But they changed it. They hijacked it from us then. I interviewed a 102-year-old woman uh, back in February 2020. And uh, I was interviewing her about the World's Fairs, which is where the hijacking started. And uh, she had such a great memory. I asked her um, where she went to elementary school, and she knew the name, date, place, everything. And I said, what did they teach you in science class about the Earth? Never mentioning flat Earth to her. And she said, they taught me the Earth was flat. And she goes, But then years later, they changed it. And we found another woman in Croatia in the 1930s said all the schools were teaching flat Earth back then. And... What else? Um, we found newspaper articles about teachers being persecuted for teaching flat earth and threatened to be put in jail for teaching such heresy. You know, not, not flat earth, for teaching the globe earth, the heliocentric model, sorry. And uh, they, they called it heresy, but, um, you know, the government pushed and pushed and pushed and they made it happen. Now, these weren't religious schools. These were public schools. Connecticut Public School was the one that Ruth went to. So the hijacking happened about a hundred years ago. And you know what else happened about a hundred years ago? The thing that they called the Spanish flu. All we know about it is everybody was wearing those face diapers. Everyone had, was getting the inoculation because the story was, you don't want to kill our war heroes, do you? Kind of like you don't want to kill grandma, do you? The same thing. 60 million people died in the United States. Okay. So what's going on right now? It's definitely been an occult ritual through and through, over and Absolute, over and very over good. again. The yes. mask. Look at you. Look yes. at you. Six Mr. feet of separation. Fucking six yeah. feet the easiest under. way to prove it. I mean, not prove it, but just it's the moniker that uh, that shows itself again and again and again, year after year. Your whole life, you'll see these. Yeah. Same what images. about the Luciferase that they have in the in the vax? Oh yeah. And you know the patent. You know the patent for that. Oh six. Oh six. Oh six. Okay. Build back better. The structure but, of a barcode. It yep. just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, oh, yeah. so this is this is this numerology stuff and satanic stuff, it's all real. Uh don't ask me how it works, but they love it and uh maybe it's just their way of telling us what they're doing and communicating with each other. Uh covert signaling. I mean we uh 
<clears throat> we like to harp on the number 33 a lot on this show. Uh, same oh, yeah. As, same as No Agenda. Uh, it's kind of like finding a cookie somewhere random in public that's still safe to eat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you watch at the beginning of this COVID's thing, every article is 33 people died here, 33 people got it here, 33. Mm-hmm. There was so many 33s. One guy did a compilation of the 33s. It oh, was yeah. insane how many there are. It was endless. It's like a force multiplier mm-hmm. in a video game yeah. or something. Yeah. A combo multiplier. They just rack up all the numbers and it, it boosts whatever uh, whatever act that they're trying to pass. Go into Google and type in any three or four digit number that you want and write cases. And it'll be, there'll be an article about that number of cases. That's one of my favorite COVID. things that I discovered too. Yeah, any yeah. three digit number and, and you will find an article professionally written saying yeah. that many people died. I think it's four digit cases. number too. I'm not sure. Yeah, just as a really I know it was, brutal. Yeah, it was I think it was three digits. Obvious algorithm there. You can just so provable, so yeah. easy to find. Yeah, it's just so much computer generated articles. It seemed so yeah. many bots, yeah. and then on all these platforms like Reddit and stuff like that, you just these semi anonymous platforms. You just know that most of them are not real people. Oh, we, we actually have a comment coming in from the the peanut gallery. That is very Satan-y. That was the comment? Yeah. That's that's it? That's very Satan-y? I love it. Well, thanks, Peanut Gallery. Jesus. <laughs> beautiful. Guys, what what would be like someone says, you know, puts a gun to your head, give me one proof of the globe, what would you say? I, the first thing that came to my mind was, could I ask him if I could smoke a cigarette first? <laughs> before he shoots you yeah <laughs> a good mm. good man welcome to flat earth <laughs> I, I guess for me it'd just be the fact that i've watched rocket launches and uh, yeah so so what rocket launch did you watch where were you in florida uh no i would I, not personally but just on on streams and stuff but there were people uh, at the at that you know event that were watching it too yeah, so people. so so most people watch it on TV, and when the TV shows you, they show you people watching it, and they edit it together like the people are right next to the rocket, but really they're over ten miles away. Now mm. I'm looking across in Connecticut to Long Island. Um, it's it, like, it, and it's only five miles across, and things are so tiny, it's ridiculous. Ten miles away, you could barely see that thing. So what are they launching? Sometimes they launch a miniature rocket. Sometimes. Mm. They launch a helium-filled rocket. The space shuttle was a helium-filled rocket. That orange external tank was a blimp, like a Macy's Day blimp. And that's provable. Guess who owns all of the major helium companies in the world and is the largest consumer of helium? Want to guess? It's an acronym for not a space agency. <laughs> that's a tough one. Understood. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I have evidence. I have a playlist on my channel called, and it's on the app also called "Rockets Are Balloons." Okay, and that shows you uh, these balloons. One of the rockets before it took off, it popped, and it crumbled down like a bouncy house filled with helium. It was oh. unreal. And another one Let exploded in the air, and it looked like balloon fragments and it was all gone nothing fell to the ground right mm-hmm. there's 
and the the speeds that they go, everything. You know what they did with the space shuttle? They would parade that external tank through a couple towns, you know. They'd move it like, we're moving it to the NASA. You know, we got it off the barge, and we're going to take it, you know, 10 miles down this road, and everyone could see it and touch it, and that was a big metal tank. That's not what they launched into space. The one that went into space, which didn't go into space, the one that went up, curved out, and crashed into the ocean, into the Bermuda Triangle, where there's very few boats, if any, um, was a balloon. It's a balloon. It's provably a balloon. Sounds crazy. So I guess what I would it. say is, would everybody working at NASA know about this, or are they kept in the dark themselves on it? Good question. What, what is, so what is we're the, told the protocol that there? there's tens of thousands of people working at NASA. That's fake. There's a very small number of people working at NASA, but you know, maybe you know, thousand, maybe less, maybe maybe more. Um, there's people at high levels that they know the truth. But everyone else is compartmentalized. There, you know, you're crunching numbers. You're putting, you know, things in a sheet. Uh, you know, you're in the control room. One of one of the people that in the control room was in it, did an interview years ago, and he said, "You know what? For these missions, for these landings, moon landings, Mars landings, whatever it is, he goes, we do so many simulations that when the real event happens, you can't tell the difference." What? Think about that. He said, "When the real event happens, you." In the control room, you can't tell the difference. And the mm-hmm. reason you can't tell the difference is because they're sending you the same stupid data and they're pretending that there's something in space, mm-hmm. right? On the Saturn V rocket, which took them out to the moon, allegedly, um, you know, NASA needs to build that rocket and they're not going to build it themselves. They got to, you know, farm things out to Lockheed and other companies to get these parts made. Well, you would think maybe they would use 10 companies or 50 companies or 1,000 companies, whatever it is. But they used 100,000 companies, and they had 100,000 companies each make a different little piece. This guy made a seal for the door. This guy made a lever. This guy made a gauge. This guy made a seat cushion, you know, whatever. That way, everyone could say, my uncle, my father, my cousin worked on the Saturn V. Were you calling him a liar? No, no. He worked on it. They sent their stuff over, and he watched it on TV just like everybody else. It's all a stage show. Space doesn't exist. No one has ever been launched up in a rocket except some stuntmen that go in the you know, short rocket and almost kill themselves or actually kill themselves. Mm-hmm. What, the um, acceleration of a rocket would kill anybody. You're in a rocket accelerating 200 miles an hour every three or four seconds constantly for eight minutes. Forget crush it. you. Yeah, you're just dead. a little bag of meat. What yeah. what are you familiar with um, all of the all of the imagery in The Shining in Stanley Kubrick's The Shining? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you have a, Do you have just a thought on that on that material? Yeah, that, that you know, it, there's two ways to look at it. One was he was whistleblowing secretly, or two was they're required to tell us, and that that was a tell right there. Um, you know, I'm not sure which one I believe. I wonder, I go back and forth. But if you look at all the things, room 237, all that's the distance to the moon. You mm-hmm. know, uh, the little boy, when he stands up, he's got the rocket on his shirt. The floor mm-hmm. is shaped like the, like the launch pad. And, um, you know, on runway 33 on the 33rd parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all of these things are, um, symbolism. Um, do they do it? Because it gives them more energy, power. I don't. I don't know. They, you know, they're 
esoteric occulted world yeah, of is it wizardry. Superstition? Is, is it yeah. arbitrary ceremony? Yeah. Does it actually do anything? I, I, these, these guys believe in wizardry and witchcraft or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, they believe it. Absolutely, they do. Just like astrology, and this is a, an even simpler uh, example. For people who believe it in astrology or or not and say, well, astrology isn't real, that's all hocus pocus, people just come up with this stuff. Uh, but the idea is that there are enough people who believe in what could be an arbitrary metric, but because enough people believe in it, that actually does make it real. You know, I used level. to laugh. I used to laugh at astrology. I'm like, how could the retrograde motion of a planet 40 million miles away affect me when it can't even affect the tide? Well, that was completely ignorant statement. The truth is those planets are want these to be called wandering stars are here within the earth system they're sentient they're electromagnetic they're connected mm. to our bodies all of it matters that's the real science uh astronomy is pseudoscience it's all made up nonsense and none of it's verifiable mm. That's a that's a pretty fun turnaround right there. <laughs> yeah. Like and you that. know, look at astrology. You know, you can be an astrologer and believe the earth is a globe and you know, chart the motions and everything and do your job pretty well. But one the astrologers that know the earth is flat, um, they're the ones that are the powerful astrologers. And here's something astrologers don't do. They don't account for the motion of the earth. Well, we're corkscrewing through space, traveling four point four billion miles a year. How come they don't account for that motion? Right? They, cause, mm-hmm. And the answer is because the Earth is stationary; it doesn't move, right? The astrologer will say, "Well, that's because we're looking at the motion relative to our motion." Well, that's not how it works, you know. The Earth doesn't move; everything we see in the sky is circling around us. It's not. There's no other planets. There's no other pancakes. You know, we're not a pancake. They're they're lights. They're energetic lights in the sky. They're all named after gods. Mm. Well, I guess my. Real last question is uh, something like the black sun or the black cube. I know those are kind of two different things, but we find them uh, kind of coming up together in other other dives that we do. Uh, do you do you give any merit to maybe that it is something more towards a, yes. a pancake and there's a there's a sun on the flip side. Like you go no, you know what? I, I don't. I don't believe that. I believe there could be a realm below us, but the deepest hole ever dug is short of eight miles, and there's an impenetrable barrier there. What's below that? Couldn't tell you. Maybe it's hell. Maybe it's a denser world, and above us is a more etheric, non-physical world. I don't know, <clears throat> but you know, when you say the black sun, we believe that there is dark nodal points um, in the sky clock. And that could be what's causing the eclipse. I also have in the app on the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app under Frequently Asked Questions under Eclipses, I modeled of what I really think the eclipse is, and it looks exactly like the eclipse that we see. And I believe that the, the dome is like a magnifying glass, and the real source of the sun is outside of that. And it's being ref- going through the, mag- the magnifying glass of the dome. Well, remember when you took a magnifying glass and, you know, burnt ant hill, ants with it you know, admit it i know you did okay i did it looks like a little sun so maybe that's projecting the sun into our world and it's mm-hmm. being projected you know if you got that burning spot on the ground and lift it up a foot well it's gone well it's really still there it's just it's just in the air a foot and maybe that's how we see the sun and then the eclipse happens because um the dark body goes in front 
of the sun that's outside of the dome. But in reality, we're seeing it go behind the apparent sun because it's a reflection. Again, you got to watch the video to see it. When you see it, everyone goes, wow, that makes so much sense. Now, I'm not saying that is absolutely what's going on, but I modeled it and it works. And the heliocentrical model, it makes no sense. Um, we can't see the sun. We can't see the moon. Well, we would see the moon for many, many reasons. And a lunar eclipse is even worse because there's been many where the sun and the moon are both above the equator to the viewer and the eclipse starts. Well, that couldn't happen until they're in line. One of them would have to be uh, below the equator. And to make it worse, the shadow didn't come up from the bottom. It came down from the top. How could the sun and the moon be up above your horizon on opposite sides and the eclipse come in from the top when you're standing on the thing that's doing the eclipse? It makes no sense. In a flat earth model, it makes perfect sense. As a matter of fact, there's a thing called the Antikythera mechanism, which was found off of Antikythera in Greece, an island in Greece. And it was a bunch of geared wheels in like a fossil. And it was over 2000 years old. And they took it, they've had it for years. They, they MRI'd it a whole bunch of times and they were able to reconstruct it. And it built a device that shows you the position of the sun and the moon and some of the planets and when and when and where all of the eclipses will happen. This is on a geared wheeled box, so advanced. Um, and it was around 2,000 years ago based on a flat earth cosmology. Did you know that the eclipses repeat every 18 years? I did not know no. that. How could that be in a heliocentric beehive, gravitational pulling, spinning, corkscrewing, insane solar system, soul lure system? Maybe they're trying to steal your soul, um, <laughs> right? And they repeat. So the, the, the sun is 400 times bigger than the moon and 400 times farther. That's why they look the same size. And on the chances of point zero 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 four hundred more zeros, one chance that they line up perfectly that would be incredible but then they do it again and again and again and again and every 18 years they repeat mm. are you kidding me and not only that but a uniformity that goes back you know thousands of years if you yep. look at monuments that were built in They're reference still to the stars right right, right. You just look like through. you said the georgia guy in stones but you could mention stonehenge you could mention the sphinx you could mention all kinds of things well so, so you look at uh, the the pyramids. Now they've provenly been around for a while, you know, more than a hundred years. Who knows how long? Um, at you least know, two thousand years. Well, according to the Bible, the, the yeah. Well, then, then that's more reliable than the government. But there's a shaft that you look through, and there's Polaris. And they're like, well, it used to be looking at Thuban, but now it looks at Polaris. Baloney is looking at Polaris. It's always looked at Polaris, and that's how it lines up. So that's that's how it works. When you say, uh, just a, a side note, um, Stonehenge, Stonehenge was built in the 1950s. Hmm. There's video of it being built. I think that might be the most outrageous thing that you've said on this show thus far. <laughs> yeah. Go, uh, no go on my, go on my channel. Wrong. Go on my channel and uh, I'll try to find it for you. Um, and I have a video of them. Uh, now, there was some sort of monument there that looked a little Stonehenge, but it was falling over rocks and everything. They removed the rocks from the site and they rebuilt the site. Stonehenge was built in the 1950s. I love it. I got to look that up. Yeah. That might be a potential show title. Stonehenge was an inside job. 
Yes, I like it was. Sonos was built in the 1950s. That's a great. That's it. <laughs> I I'd love to I'd love to look into that. That's a really for some reason that's just so fascinating. Such a fascinating theory. I don't know why. Isn't that mind blowing? Yeah, M- mind blowing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I'm googling it, and uh, it is not coming up. Of course, um, I have it somewhere, but I will I will send it to you. Hell yeah! Well, oh, uh, there it is. Stonehenge is fake. Stonehenge exposed. Ditrh three years ago. Um, where can I where can I text you the the link to put in the chat? Uh, if you shoot me an email, um, you or you that. can go to our website. It's really easy. I'm looking at it I'll right just now. Shoot you an email. No Spanish. So I just searched uh, Stonehenge nineteen twenty, and it's got a lot of funny photos of uh, yeah construction going on. Yeah, but I, I got a video are... that basically will blow you away. Let's see if I'm um, out of here. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll be sure all of the links that you've been mentioning. I've been adding them to the uh, show notes. We use Substack. And mm-hmm. uh, I send it to you. You're all set. Nice. Um, yeah, check that out. And uh, again, everything you think you know is a lie. Get used to it. Straight up. Question everything <laughs> all the time. Yeah. All Never right. Stop. You can find me at the Flat Earth Podcast.com, Facebook page, The Flat Earth Podcast, Instagram, The Flat Earth Podcast, YouTube, D I T R H. It's the initials for Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. Everything's at the Flat Earth Podcast.com. And get the app, check it out. You'll be so happy. Everyone loves the app. And when you get it, leave me a review. I'm not telling you what to write, but you know what to write. Um, (laughs) And it's called the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. The Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app by Blue Water Bay. There's a knockoff out there by the Flat Earth Society. It's from uh, the Ron something group. Um, they stole a lot of my graphics. The app is horrible. If you get it, don't send me an email <laughs> telling me my app sucks because it's not my app. <laughs> right on. And also, stoplookthink.com. Stoplookthink.com. If you want to go down the deepest rabbit hole, lots of stuff right on the homepage there. The links below the featured videos and then the also links at the top. The hoax link will take you to Boston, to Sandy, to wherever you want to go. Um, just bring some food and water and uh, take it slow. All right. Nice. Hell yeah, man. Well, thank you very much, Flat Earth Dave, for, for taking the time to hang out with us tonight and 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 drop some fucking knowledge bombs, man. Um, there you go, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, man. We got some good stuff to chew on. Yeah. Yeah, lot, lots, of, lots to take in there. And don't believe anything I say. Wait until you figure it out yourself. I mean, look at it and then go verify it yourself. For example, mm-hmm. what's my name? I'm Flat, Flat Earth, Earth Dave. Dave. Yeah. So is my name really Dave? Do you know it or do you believe it? <laughs> well, to me, you're Flat Earth Dave. So my subjective you believe reality... It. Has created you believe that my name is Dave. And that's because we live in a world where we automatically trust. And that's the way the world should be. Yes, my name is Dave. But you only believe it. You didn't, you've never verified it. So that's mm-hmm. the thing. Belief is the enemy of knowing, as Crow777 would say. <laughs> right on. All right, guys. Thanks, and have a good night. Hell yeah, All right. Man. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right. See you. 
And this might be an appropriate time to roll straight into some intermission. Again, that was Flat Earth Dave. We'll have all of those links that we were just talking about listed in our show notes for tonight's episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Behind the Schemes. Uh, and we are, well, this is Boo Berry, and my name is Lavish. And uh, we, we do the show every Monday nights, uh, if you're interested in hearing this material. We get to interview great guys like that who have maybe a differing opinion because we don't have any corporate sponsors and uh, we're going to keep it that way. If that guy was on YouTube, they would, they would, and they, he was, they would shut him down and have, and he has to go and he has to make his own fucking YouTube in order to get his opinion out. So we, we here are behind the free speech. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I feel, I kind of feel like flat earth is probably one of the more punk rock uh, well, well, it's not well. Models, esoterica. Uh, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's always cool punk rock <laughs> to be against the grain. That's what punk is: is is being against the grain. And um, it's not wearing Mickey Mouse T-shirts. It's it's believing in shit that other people laugh at you about, but knowing that it's it's that you're right if you have good evidence to back it up. And punk's always been like that. Fuck the man. Fuck the authority. They aren't your friends. Politicians aren't your friends. The people on TV aren't your friends. That, at the very basic level, we can accept. We don't have to accept that the moon is fake. We can, though. There's a lot of fun evidence to read up on, but we can all agree that these people that you see that try to tell you what to do and how you live your lives, they aren't doing it for your benefit. They're doing it for power, for money, and um, for kicks. I like what Servo just dropped. Culture's not your friend. Culture's not your friend. That's, that's going yeah. on my sticky note again. <laughs> that's right. Ah, oh, man, I friend. meant to ask him right what, what he thought would happen if, if we blew up the moon. Damn it. Oh, you should have fucking... Well, I, I think I know what he would have said. He would have said, that. how are you going to do that because it's fake? We don't even have nukes. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Oh, and that was the other. Uh, what, what, it was the biggest uh, Russian nuclear bomb that they ever set off. The Tsar Bomba. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the one that I meant to. I, I should get a notebook and have it with me so I can write down questions as we do these shows. That would be the professional way, which we. No, no. <laughs> don't do that, boobs. No, no, no. Just wing it every time. Yeah. Shoot from the hip. That's right. That's the behind no, the schemes no way. No scope 360. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the behind the schemes way. Hell Stamp. yeah. Let's do this. We got some intermission. I forget what the music is because this, is, uh, <laughs> this is from last week's uh, episode when we didn't get to play it with Charlie, which was a yeah. super fun episode. But It was so great. Thanks again, Charlie from Aftermath, for coming on. We had a great time with you. And... Um, God, gosh darn it. There's a lot of great info out there, people. Oh, man. Let's see. I'm going to pour myself a tropical punch. There we go. I had to pack a bowl. I forgot to fix the whiny sound from the beginning. Uh, Blowing up the moon would not be a good idea, Dark Lord. We need it for our moon base. See, I don't buy that. Uh, maybe, maybe, Maybe there is a moon base. We've never seen the other side. Well, you know, 
Never seen the other side of that motherfucker. Show me your other side, Moon. You fucking asshole. Show us your moon back. Moon me, Moon. That car must have killed me. I must be in heaven. A casino where I always win? That's boring. I must really be in hell. No, Mr. Smith. You're not in heaven or hell. You're on an airplane. (laughs) There's a gremlin destroying the plane. You've got to believe me. Why should I believe you? You're Hitler. No! Ava Braun, help me! Sight coming. Is that a UFO outside my window? I'm gonna record this on my flip phone. Look at the size of that thing. Holy macaroni, look at the detail.
them dang spark plugs out in that little hole. You just pull it all around there. Just like Bobby said, I could go boom, boom, just like that. I've been calling y'all people better than a month now. Grab about y'all every time a dang old dog crossed the star. You having a jaw 24 hours a day, and nobody answered. You called. How are you supposed to come out there and do anything about that dog if you're just going to get a dang old computer? I ain't going to come over here and just shut that dang old dog up. Sir, do you know anything about this? Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, dude. One of them snap punch last night, man, with them sticks in the bag, and the whack, whack, man. If he'd go, woo, talking about that big mistake, y'all. It's right there in that cooler. Oh, wait, man, I did this day ain't gonna work out, man. These little gals come around here to get that flathead low, man. Thanks, Boomhammer. Let's go. So, Hank, man, I, I don't know what you're thinking, man, but y'all got got no, man. I ain't no dang old Woody Allen with that little soon leave, man. This ain't nothing going to happen. Boomhauer, you're not going to talk your way out of this one. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.wcom, me, you got them naked chicks on there, man. You go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. We get the same sort of treatment from banks. The bank manager himself irritates people by writing to them. Immediately they owe the bank fourpence. I advise you, if you've had this trouble in the past but are now in credit, to write to your own bank manager pointing out that he owes you money and would he please drop in and have a word with you about it. <laughs> the banks themselves, though, are in the business of making money. So when they get hold of yours, they make it as difficult as possible for you to get any of it back. To this end, they open just after you arrive at work and close two hours before you leave. And should you sacrifice your lunch hour to join the angry queue in the street outside, don't blame the single cashier on duty for the slowness of the service. After all, the cleverer cashiers are out at lunch. In this way, banking hours have been carefully tailored to the needs of two classes of persons, the unemployed and bank robbers. Actually, the increase in the number of bank robbers in Britain is not as horrifying as it sounds. It is now known that over 70% of them are only frustrated customers trying to get at their money. Yes, banks are maddeningly greedy. But to some of the more eccentric professions, money isn't everything. We all know what actors are after. The chimeras are alien. Animal human pigs. Maybe she keep baby alive a week. Maybe she's tired of getting rid of baby. Maybe she keep baby alive a week. Maybe she's tired of getting rid of baby. We don't want the government involved. The doctors and the mothers who drug her. We don't want the government involved. You see how it works? It's a southern love and They take the organs. It's a southern love and And they take the blood. It's a southern love and And they take the skin, Joe.
Welcome back to the second half of the show for Behind the Schemes, episode 49. Mmm, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Uh, there's a bunch of music in there. Like I said, this intermission was from last week, so I don't know who was what. But um, what do you uh, what do you want to do for a second half? I have two sets of clips that we could uh, maybe poke through. Um, I have a story left over that I, I didn't get a chance to bring up to Dave. Sure, sure. Uh, whatever you have in mind, I'm, I'm down for. Man, that was a great guest. What did you think about that? I was a little nervous, I'm not going to lie, because... Uh, I'd say he's the first person outside of the no agenda community or someone that's a, a friend, uh, someone I've known for a while that's come onto the show. So it's, uh, I, I thought it went really well. Um, I, I thought we had some good questions. He, there, there's things I don't have to go back to really chew on in, in a, oh, yeah. in a grand scheme of, in, of ways. Um, there's definitely some interesting, uh, thoughts to explore as far mm-hmm. as like a uh, Stonehenge being built in the twenties, no fifties, the fifties, the fifties, Stonehenge built in the fifties. Which just from looking at the pictures, I can already see there's a lot of material on it. I mean, it, who knows if they're doctored or whatever? You got to look into it, but it's fascinating. I haven't even heard that theory before. Yeah, which gives some some credit to it. I've always found that with certain conspiracy theories. They are promoted to being like the poster child dummy uh, thing, you know. It, like if you believe in this, then you are just automatically a whack job, and your uh, whole opinion should be disregarded immediately. And with flat Earth, that's become the main thing. It used to be aliens. It used to be certain things. It you used know, to be nine eleven. I mean, Malachi was he's said many times oh, on yeah. the show that he set out to prove that nine eleven. Uh, happened exactly the way that the talking tos told everybody. And, and when you do that, it, it's insane. Like when you legitimately go through bit by bit and you're like, oh, okay, so they hit this here and then the passport, or they blew up and then the passport ended up on the street unharmed and they discovered it this an hour later and then, yeah, you know, and then you corroborate it with all the footage that they now for the most part have removed. Just like God damn it, what happened that day? And then all the flight uh, exercises. Oh boy, and I'm he glad, really adds up. I'm glad that he's got everything uh, archived on his own platform, his own website. Right, that's definitely something I can dig, get behind. So I'm sure yeah. it's going to be a plethora of uh, shit to check out. Yeah, I mean, you say what you will, but he's obviously a smart guy, and he's able to. Uh, able to do that for himself provide his own platform make his own website that's something absolutely uh so the story that i was going to bring to dave (laughs) i should have just read the headline to him nasa's photo of a quote rainbow on mars is actually only is actually only a lens flare ingenuity Oh. oh excuse me we didn't ask him about the rover on mars Right oh. now, we've got the rover. <laughs> Where is it at? Is it it's, Arizona? It's, yeah. What, what's the deal with that? I mean, is that doctored? Is that like, is it all CGI or do they go out into the Arizona? I don't know. Is it green screen? Is it like, uh, 
or blue screen like what they did with that one show with the Mandalorian. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Uh, here's some choice quotes from it. The Perseverance's team's direct answer when they, uh, when they were reached out to, quote, no, it is not a rainbow. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, the, the classic nuh-uh response, my favorite. Uh, so in the Twitter post, it further elaborated that rainbows are not possible on the red planet as its atmosphere and environment do not meet the co- uh, conditions required in producing a rainbow. No rainbow for you. Fuck off. Uh, rainbows are created by light reflected off of round water droplets, but there isn't enough water here to condense, and it's too cold for liquid water in the atmosphere. The official Twitter account states, Hmm. Undeniably, the real reason for what appears on Perseverance's image is definitely less exciting. According to the official Twitter account, the rainbow-like manifestation on the image is actually a lens flare placed by J.J. Abrams, which occurs when light is flared or scattered in a lens system or you need to make a scene look over, uh, just over-the-top dramatic. This phenomenon mm. appears in images as a response to bright light, hence the lens flare in the photo taken by Perseverance gives the misleading image of a rainbow. So it's some sort of, uh, what do they call it, a refraction. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of reality, of material, of the material world. Who knows? Who knows what it is? In my experience, I, I just lens flares to me. They they're a little wider than what they got, but I'm not I'm not that well versed in uh, in optics of that. You know, on an atmospheric level, that would have been is another good, good good thing to ask them about. Is like rainbows and shit. Yep, because rainbows are a, a super classic occult symbol. You'll see them again and again. The way that I've always seen the rainbows, the way that I've always considered they're being used, is they represent a uh, a door or a sort of a, like one reality brushing the edge of another reality. And he's sort of talking about that tonight. He talked about rings. He talked about you know like with the the sun burning an ant through with a magnifying glass, talking about how that point is just a reflection of the power of the sun. You know, as above, so below. There was a lot of, a lot of occult stuff involved in that, in that whole thing. You know. Oh, you know one thing that we didn't pimp hard enough. Call our screen mail six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. Oh, did nine. we get any screams tonight? Uh, I haven't seen any, but we can hit this. Oh, look at that son of a gun! We got we got two. Um, oh. But before we do that, we had a, a message come in. From Quirkus, and I definitely want to get this one read. Rob Zombie. Very important. Rob Zombie's going to helm the Munsters. Or Munsters reboot. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I can only hope that it's just as gory as Halloween. <laughs> oh, it better, it better be just so wacky, tacky, new with blood and guts and everything. It has to be. It has to be next level, postmodern, as they say. Uh, attention boils and ghouls. Rob Zombie wrote amid emojis on his Instagram. The rumors are true. My next film project will be one I've uh, been chasing for 20 years, The Munsters. 
Uh, he did the two Halloween films, uh, Hell 31, House of the Thousand Courses. Yeah, 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 we know that. Chronicling the decidingly different lives of a family of the friendly monsters. Yes, we know what the monsters is about. Is there any actual release date or anything? No. Uh, zombies. Uh, see, the monsters announcement comes four months after Netflix revealed Wednesday an Adam's family spinoff series from Tim Burton. See that I can believe. What the Adam's family is just always going to be, and with Tim Burton too. Yeah, they'll they'll get some people watching that. That makes sense. Hmm. I'll drop this in the chats for Rob Zombie Monsters. I know for a fact that my mom will watch that. My mom is, you know, a big Rob Zombie fan. There are a lot of big Rob Zombie fans out there. I think it'll be fun. So I think there's no reason not to watch it. Oh, Universal. Our friends Universal. Hey, I looked into uh I did some more research into the record label stuff that we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Universal Music Group, which is, you know, one of the two or three big boys in the game, they are themselves owned by a French multi-conglomerate of some manner. And I thought that that was kind of interesting. There isn't a lot of information on them at the service level. I'd probably have to dig in. It's probably like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something really funny like a Rothschild affiliated bank or something <laughs> multi-conglomerate kind of like black rock or something oh yeah you know and, i used uh, to work for a for a theme park that was owned by black rock right before they were sold to uh sea world really yeah yep. so you have some experience with black rock uh just like right right on the tail end of uh Man, I want, I can't remember the actual timeline. I, I think maybe the cell had been through for a year or two by the mm-hmm. time I showed up. Um, and just for anyone who isn't familiar, BlackRock is a is a big uh, you know I think basically you call them a hedge fund. They're a giant financial vehicle that exists that within like the last ten fifteen years has grown from obscurity into being one of the major major players on Wall Street, which just goes to show you that it's a front. For the big boys, uh, ideally the Rockefellers usually are the ones behind the big, big things like that that just kind of show up for no reason. There are a lot of businesses, you'll always see that. It, it relates back to the thing I said about the record labels where you have bands that are on the radio that suck that you don't know why they're famous. And it's because they, you know, they were put there by somebody well, who was in charge. We had somebody put a voicemail in here. Shall we hit it? Hell yeah. Yes. 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 Oh my goodness, that is so good. That is so good. (laughs) That is that is top Mount Rushmore screams we've gotten. Just it's just spectacular. Oh, 
and as many people coming. Yeah, there is. <laughs> uh, we got we got a, a, a another one from the same caller. Should we should we do them back to back? Mm. Or do you want to you want to save it just in case? Just in case no one else calls. I know that you're quivering with Antissa. Say it. S- say the thing. Patient. Let's play the. Let's play the the voicemail. It'd be fun. This is behind the schemes, the esoterica of your dreams. <laughs> Well, that Ding. one's going on the board. <laughs> Ding. I want to get that on the fucking board right now. Let it be known that that's the thing that made me realize I need a bell. I, I got a... a, a ding. Ding. <laughs> ding. 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 Oh, boy. Thank you, caller. That was... If I could just remember now how to actually... Oh, there we go. Um. Yeah. Magnificent. That's the sort of shit that we live for here on Behind the Schemes. Mm, fantastic. BTS Esoterica of your dreams. That's right. Boom. Hell yeah. show title. You never know. Hey, oh, let me grab the sticky note. Um. Okay. Stick me. Uh, clips. Um, you know, yes. I, I have some stuff about hybrids and chimeras from last week, but that would require Ooh. going through some articles that I had also pulled. Um, I also have another mm. flat earth video that I was going to maybe bounce some clips off of Dave, kind of poke his brain, but, uh, he didn't, uh, he's not here for a second half of the show. So, well, what are you feeling? Uh, well, you know, whatever you'd like. I mean, we've obviously gone over the flat earth topic. Uh, if you want to pursue that more, then I, I support well, you. Well, I, I like this one because it gets a little more into the black sun sort of side of stuff, and it presents a different um, angle. Okay, but it's got a lot of a lot more mythology embedded into it, which I thought was pretty interesting. Oh, great! Well, then it'll be great. Then I'd love that. All right, let's do this one. On our flat plane, there are two suns: the black sun and the white sun. The black sun exists on the opposing end of our flat Earth. It emits green astral energy, which shoots out visibly as the aurora borealis. Both are two sides of the same sun. While it may seem contradictory, they are two expressions of the same entity. The white sun is feeding our bodies, bones, and blood, all physical matter. The black sun materializes all of our intent, hence why we close our eyes when we make a wish on our birthdays. And this is why we say Amen during prayer. The god Amun, where we get the phrase Amen from, is the black sun, often translated as the hidden one. He is one half of Amun-Ra, the Egyptian personification of this two-sided sun. So, two sides. Oh, you know, there's another thing that... uh he had said uh, towards the end there, um, as far as corkscrewing through space, and um, did you catch when he dropped honeycomb? 
Ooh, did he? Uh, yeah. No, I, I think I missed that. The honey? No, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, he was uh, kind of talking about just the the way the I believe it was in reference to how the whole narrative is structured together, along with the corkscrew, as one of those ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that got me thinking about our episode with the bees and the second sun and Saturn and that sort mm-hmm. of uh, communism and Christianity being two sides of one coin in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what... And, the, and the, the sacred geometry of the honeycomb, it being a uh, hexagram. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sorry, but you were saying. Oh, I, I just I liked where this uh, this video kicked off. You know, they're going straight for the Egyptian mythology, um, which is probably one of the. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious how how old he would consider the realm then, because um, you know the the Sphinx, for example, was already built and weathered by the time they showed up to build the pyramids. Mm-hmm. And I did bring up the Sphinx, and he he. Somewhat address the pyramids, but his his whole thing was just about. To me, his thesis was mainly about um, it, the the heavenly bodies are too uniform, and because of physics and because of chaos in general, the the, the heavenly bodies should not move in such a uniform fashion, in particular for such a long period of time. And when he talked about the models that he'd used and how he alerted the authorities about the, you know, what you could call, what they would call a glitch, but what he found was just an honest model where within the scheme of, of this formula that, that we accept as, as the root of physics as we know it, um, there's just no way that we could see stars and that the stars would stay the way that they stay and how the earth moves and the sun moves and everything moves at a, just a, an incomprehensible speed that human beings could never truly grasp. And, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I hope I'm making sense. I know it's, it's definitely something that would fry some brains. Yeah. People. It, it, it's a thick, uh, it's a double C thick conversation to have. Thick. <laughs> So damn thick, like the like the world is, regardless whether it's flat or not, it is thick. He did acknowledge that you can dig down deep, deep into the earth, and uh, and find that you can't really get past eight mile, which was a great film. You know, I've never actually seen Eight Mile. You've never seen Eight Mile? I'm a little bit of an uncultured fuck. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> silly bastard, we're going to fucking watch 8 Mile as soon as goddamn humanly possible. Because you owe it to yourself. <laughs> we're not going to watch the whole thing. We're going to watch the beginning. We're going to watch a, a couple cool spots, and then we'll finish it off. Yep, and getting called out in the chats, too. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is another film we got to add. To the uh, the watch party that we're eventually going to to have, right? We just got to get that platform figured out. <laughs> watch the whole thing, Sir Spencer. Spencer give yeah. me a. It's look, man. I don't. If where there's nothing <laughs> else going on and we're just sitting around and we're smoking a joint or whatever, then yeah, okay. But you know, who watches a whole movie now? 
Um, I go on YouTube and I watch the clips that they have. No, not that. I just, you know, you can skip the first 20 minutes. I usually will skip, like, I don't know, at least the start. I don't know. Whatever. It's not, it's not fucking a big deal. 80 minutes, whatever. It's a great movie. It's worth watching, I guess. It might be dated now. Brittany Murphy, she's hot. Was. <laughs> wow. Hey, that's Sorry. another. That was a fairly. Fairly suspicious circumstances, right? Oh, that was super seedy Hollywood death. Another yeah. one. That was up there with, like, the Heath Ledger and the fucking... Uh, when it comes to deaths in Hollywood, it's always... It's never just like, oh, they died at home in their beds of a le- nice old age. It's always just like, oh, sleeping pills or something. We don't know. Dead at 32. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. They were staying at uh, the Olsen twins' house. Oh, okay. That's also not seedy. Well, let's... Uh, let's so roll. We're, we're listening to clips, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's... Energetically, the white sun is the collective consciousness of our higher selves, and the black sun is the subconscious. Like our subconscious, the black sun is out of our immediate perception. The collective conscious and subconscious meet when the sun's light shines into the center hole. The black sun transforms both energies into the astral light, which then carries the collective conscious and subconscious of the whole, imprinting every thought and action on this plane into the Akashic records. To put in simple terms, the black sun eats the light from the white sun, takes that light and transforms it into astral light energy. This is a loop. Because the sun is the collective consciousness of all the higher selves, we've been told it's a fiery ball that emits harmful rays, and science tells us that it will one day destroy the earth. This is to hide the ancient practice of sun gazing. We can receive messages from our higher selves through sun gazing, of course starting out when it's low in the sky. And if we were taught to look at the sun from a young age, these messages would be reflecting back in the physical, and this matrix of fear and control would cease to operate. Seems kind of on point with the uh, the idea of the sun being uh, an electrically charged, not battery, but... Uh, but a conduit or some sort of, you know, generator, some sort of something. I, I really like that about Flat Earth Dave's uh, talk, is that he talked about electromagnetism, which is... A big one, a big force that we don't give uh, enough um, enough thought to in the public. I think. Yeah, Maybe I'm I'm, I'm I'm about to go full gravity denier. <laughs> gravity is the one thing where like science is just open. They're like, we don't get it, and and the whole idea of the theory of relativity, the general theory of relativity, is that Einstein was like, well. We know how light works in the framework of gravity, but we don't know how gravity itself necessarily works. We only ha- we can only see it through this one particular perspective. That's how I understand something that is obviously an ex- one of the most complex mathematical, you know, things that you can possibly understand. Who am I to really explain it? But that's just how I have always gauged that theory. How how it sums up. Gravity is always the one thing that we're like, well, you know, it's really strong until it isn't. Like, what are we talking about? It can pull planets apart and bring them back together again and create entire atmospheres. 
By the way, why doesn't any other planet in the solar system have our our type of atmosphere? Not yeah. even close. Gravity is a harsh mistress. There mm-hmm. is <laughs> there is no doubt about it. <laughs> I want to see the uh, uh, the footage from Mars of the rover where. If it is there, they're looking out in the plains, and it's a clear day, and then one of the infamous Mars sandstorms builds up, and we see it come together like something out of the new Mad Max. You know, you watch this giant storm come in. I want to see that footage. Oh, yeah. That could be cool. That could be really cool. It'd be so cool, and it should exist if for science. Fuck yeah, science. Oh, there was another article I forgot to go and pull, but uh, today I found out that the moon rock that Neil Armstrong gave to the uh, Dutch government actually turned out to be fake. Yeah, piece of petrified wood. I had no idea. Yep. The Dutch royal family, which, by the way, is one of the gnarliest royal families in the world, started the Bilderberg situation. The Rockefellers of of Europe behind the Royal Dutch Shell Company, among many other things. Uh, yeah. And somebody fucking duped him with Moonrock. Or they knew the whole time and were just like, eh, we'll play along. Right. 2009, I believe, is when that story broke. A great year. Now, uh, coming back to the clips, there was, there was something in this that I, I didn't end up bringing, but um, he hits the same points that Moe's been on for the past little while as far as his um, exploration of the war on femininity? Femininity. 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 There you Uh, go, yeah. Yeah, uh, the attack on the divine feminine. Um, Uh Uh-huh. And he he's exploring a lot in that in this video, uh, just how the, the we're all being sold a, a a bad sale of goods that we're all being pushed to explore and embrace this more masculine side over and over and over again, and it's really sort of tipped the balances of everything. So so one thing that we have to do is get back in touch with that divine feminine. Uh, which he goes on to explain is the Lucifer archetype, which is something I feel like we covered on Light and Lavish or Wraith of mm-hmm. the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 symbolism. I mean, when you talk about something like the Bible, just Satanism or the or Eve and the snake, they always kind of put the the female as a sort of a satanic figure. But as we've explored, Satanism also is is the light bringer. And it's also the, the the bringer of knowledge, of sacred knowledge. And obviously, the human, human race couldn't procreate without the feminine energy, without females. And I think it's true when they say that women are the, the foundation of, of society, that without women, you know, civilization wouldn't build up the way it does. Uh, maybe that is a... A narrow-minded thing to say. I, I know a lot of people would say that about my opinion, but it seems true. You know, it's just people are different. It's not. It's not exclusive to everything, uh, but it's just a general rule. And they are without them. You know, we don't have. Uh, 
we don't have uh, you know nice things. I guess is the simple way of putting it. <laughs> Your cultic war on the divine feminine is why we can't have nice things. Do you want exactly? Ants? <laughs> when you corrupt the feminine energy, the divine feminine energy, you get ants. But it's 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 been corrupted in everybody because everybody's got both sides of that equation. Um, but I'm I'm not talking about actual gen- genders. I'm talking about the. I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there is some cultures that the the divine dichotomies are a spectrum rather than a sort of left right paradigm. Yeah, and it always is a spectrum. And and part of the magic of the world is that you you fall within a certain you know parameter, and you if you have it in you, you can live out your life and, and do that the way you want to do it. You know, but nobody's purely straight or gay all the way nobody's purely man or woman all the way every man has a feminine side and every woman has a masculine side and it's part of the yin and yang of the world and these words that we use to describe it feminine masculine it's a simplification in and of itself the energies that we're talking about are so complex and they're so beyond the purview of sexual gender but sexual gender is just the easiest and most convenient way to describe these energies. Yeah, I have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you need both, you know. And uh, and if people, like, I've got a lot of friends who are women who identify as men or women who are you know, sexually attracted to women but don't identify as men, they identify as women. There's all kinds of, and that's just the most basic form, and it goes on from there. And, you know... As always, do whatever you want that makes you happy, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. And uh, and you're a respectful person. But a lot of people don't have that kind of, you know. Some people are prosec- not prosecuted, sorry, persecuted against. And the people who are persecuting them don't get prosecuted in the way they should. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious cycle back and forth. Yes, persecution and prosecution, yes. Well, it's, uh, here's clip number three. The story of the Holy Grail is an allegory for the paradise located beyond the center of our plane, the exit out of this side of flat earth. Many claims have been made about the Holy Grail, and among them is that the Grail was fashioned from the Emerald of Lucifer. The Emerald of Lucifer is the stone that became dislodged from Lucifer's crown and descended to earth. As the story goes, Lucifer was cast out of heaven when he rebelled against God, and the emerald came down with. The mainstream interpretation of the story is that Lucifer, a once righteous being, became rebellious against God, and therefore was sent to rule over earth. This is one reason why Christians will say earth is ruled by Lucifer and Satan. There's been an effort to demonize this Lucifer figure, but I'm telling you that Lucifer is the black sun. The emerald stone that fell from heaven is the astral light pouring out from Lucifer, the black sun. Many secret societies worship the figure of Lucifer, but they're worshiping the Lucifer they've inverted and not the original black sun Lucifer. Lucifer the black sun is feminine. It's the source of the goddess, one third of the flat earth trinity of sun, black sun, and astral light. They've tried to tell us that Lucifer is masculine and evil, but this goddess, again, is feminine and full of divine love. Divine love. Here tonight, behind the schemes. <laughs> yeah, I'm always our card tonight, the Ten of Pentacles. 
did he did he bring up any sort of triage or um, Trinity? Did uh, Dave? Yeah, Dave. He there was one. Oh, there was the cathodes and the anodes, right? The, There's cathodes and anodes. Yeah, if you want to tie it into that. Sure. Yeah, between the sun, the moon, and the and the earth. But you're talking about did he bring up any biblical stuff? That's the way I interpreted your question. Well, because in this clip they just said, or they they surmised that <clears throat> that actual trinity is the sun, the uh, earth, and the astral mm-hmm. sun, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of gets back gets me back to that point of we got to blow up the moon to unlock the <laughs> the mm-hmm. real div- divine feminine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean to 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 shake things up. Maybe we just regenerate. That would be the easiest way of. What if she's trapped in there? I mean, that shit is hollow. If it's real, I mean, <laughs> it has to be because it's so light; it doesn't move. It's like a no, wiffle well, ball no, out it, in space. It, it's not that it doesn't move. It's that it it's it matches it, its counter rotation aligns perfectly with the rotation of the planet. So. For every rotation that we do, the, the moon is doing the counter rotation just fast enough to make it exactly look fast enough. Not one second on too the, fast or slow. On the dime. On the dime, never changes, never will. No force, no nudge, gravitational pull, nothing will ever stop it. No giant asteroid. It will always just be exactly perfectly facing the Earth. I mean, this is this is real stuff. Like this isn't just like. I, I, I am not a, you know, I'm a, I'm what he would call a glober. I think that the world is round, and I think, you know, things are generally the way they are. But but there are things that are just really unbelievable like that, that the, that the moon just straight up doesn't move at all relative to how it's facing us or the fact that it is the exact size of the sun and that when an eclipse occurs, you have... You know what is essentially a perfect match. Hello. Sorry, I was trying to pull the link up, but BitChute doesn't uh, autoplay. I thought it was a a ghost or something trying to come through. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, looking into the chat, there's a lot of really it's good, kind of a hot topic. Hot topic. Yeah. It looks like uh, we have some folks saying that uh, Lucifer was a uh, from biblical sources was a Babylonian prince who asserted his divinity and, and got punished. Um, another Lucifer rebelled against God because Lucifer felt that men that man was unworthy of self determination. He wanted man to be stripped of free will. He felt God should control them in the same way he controlled the angels, of which Lucifer was the favorite. Well, there's there's a difference between I think that where Jude is coming from is he's talking about the specific word, the syntax of the word Lucifer, and Lucifer from the King James Bible is only referenced once in name actually, and it. Satan is a is a different entity than Lucifer. If you're if you're looking purely from a syntax, no, perspective I, I've, of, I've of never the Old Testament. I've I've tried to make the distinction between Lucifer and Satan being two different deities, two different archetypes, ideas. Just as far as the wording is concerned, just as far as the actual text itself, which again is very. Um, you know, you can get very specific. I mean, like I've brought up in the past on the Billy Bones episode, there isn't an actual David and Goliath story in the sense that Goliath is 
was mentioned by name or that he was a giant. The the text in Samuel says that David smote a a Philistine in the forehead, and that's it. Doesn't say anything about him being a giant or that he's Goliath or anything about the story. It's a really quick sort of one two three sentence thing. So when when you get into the text itself, which again is just based on what they translated it as when they did it the first time in the King James Bible, which is what everyone goes off of, which was, you know, at this point it's almost 500 years old. It doesn't, it's a very specific text with very specific translation. And if you look into the history of that text, then, you know, you start cooking with gas. But as far as Lucifer is concerned, that's one guy. And then Satan or in the snake, it's all kind of different. As if you look at it from a textual standpoint, and they're all different characters. Isaiah fourteen twelve. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst uh, weaken the nations? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Son of the morning. Son. That's of the, the only morning. time the word Lucifer is used. I think in the Old Testament or in the in the Bible in general. I think. Well, you know my big hang up with the word morning, right? Oh, what's that? That it's a, a sad morning. Well, I mean, it goes both both ways. <laughs> There's that. Uh, oh, we played her in one of the intermissions. Laura, her name escape, escapes me, but one of her one of my favorite things that she said was, "Oh, when you're saying good morning, you're saying good grief to people. You're saying um, good grief, good yeah. morning. Yeah, morning yeah. is in like uh, wailing or being in." Uh, being in, in extreme sadness, you know, mm-hmm. and good itself is, I think, just a version of God. Yeah, when you're saying good morning, you're saying God's morning to you. You're saying God's day, or you know, God bless, or whatever, or God sadness. <laughs> God sadness. God, you know, God it's damn. Both. Yeah, it's, it all ties in. It only makes sense. Well, that's uh, that's going to be interesting um, going here through the next couple. I only got four left. Two of them are a minute and a half. The other two are 45 and 52 seconds. So we're almost there. In the Bible, both Lucifer and Jesus are referred to as the morning star. Jesus is an allegory for the movement of our sun across the zodiac each year. Hence why he is crucified during the winter solstice when the sun is hung on the cross of crux. So Lucifer is the black sun and Jesus is the white sun, two sides of the same entity. And this is why they're given the same name. Like I said, both suns are on loop. This could be called the Jesus Lucifer loop. So the earth spirit is a beautiful feminine goddess. There have been countless names attributed to her, one of which is ISIS. The terrorist group ISIS, created by our intelligence agencies, represents the ongoing war on the divine feminine. And then that's when he starts the uh, explanation on that war. Uh, The other thing they call Jesus a lot of the time is the son of man, which is really, really common in Mark and Matthew to call him the son of man, which is, I think, probably more historically accurate as to the terminology that he used in his actual lifetime, the historical Joshua of Nazareth. He probably referred to himself not as the son of God, but probably as the son of man, and his disciples did as well. Being a 
an ideal of man or an ideal of, of the divinity that exists within man, the ability for kindness and generosity and blah, 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 and, and, and the general moral code that's explained in you know the Sermon on the Mount and then posthumously through Paul and through uh, all kinds of you know apostles that existed after his death that claimed to have seen Jesus. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, the light, the idea of a light bringer, someone that brings information, something that brings something that goes to the next level. For the snake, it's fruit of knowledge. For Lucifer, for the Babylonian kings, Babylon, the amount of things that the people that we call the Jews took from Babylon is really unbelievable. The exile to Babylon is focal in the identity of all Abrahamic religions. And that goes for Christianity and for Islam. Man, we're talking about religion now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Isn't we having a good time out here? I'll tell you what. Hmm. You know, it's amazing. You are 100% wrong. That's I not- mean, nothing you've said <laughs> has been right. <laughs> it works. I meant to do... This is, in fact, a great time to be a podcaster. Oh, you know what? Let's do the other one. Let's do the other one. Yes, please, please. This is Behind the Schemes, the esoterica of your dreams. (laughs) Now that's a caller. (laughs) Oh, I just want to add it to my board, but I can't do it until I can stop the recorder. So we'll worry about that. Yeah, the time will come. But for that for that caller, I would like to uh, smoke a little herb in their honor. <laughs> to the cushy cushy witch, <laughs> I I salute unto thee. Thank you. But the queen will rise to the top. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In the Emerald Tablets, the deity Thoth writes about the halls of Amenti. It is a place. Oh, hell yeah. Let me make sure that's in the Bible. Okay, I just want to make sure I was on the right one. In the Emerald Tablets, the deity Thoth writes about the halls of Amenti. It is a place inside the earth where only few dare to enter. It's the place Thoth was said to have gone to rejuvenate every so often so he could achieve everlasting life. The halls of Amenti are generally recognized as a non-physical realm, similar to that of the Akashic Records. But I'm telling you, the halls of Amenti will be found when we follow our compasses. The Emerald Tablets are sometimes associated with being formed from the Emerald of Lucifer. Therefore, we could see the Emerald Tablets as being the guidelines and instructions coming from the Black Sun. Lucifer being the Black Sun is urging us through these tablets, among many things, to get to the halls of Amenti through the center vortex where our compasses are pointing to. When we read Tablet 2 of the Emerald Tablets, it's clear that Amenti is a paradise located within our Earth, where those who dwell achieve eternal life. Not as the little men of the present age did, the mighty ones of Atlantis live and die, but rather from eon to eon did they renew their life in the halls of Amenti, where the river of life flows eternally onward. 
Now for a time, I go from among them into the dark halls of Amenti, deep in the halls of the earth. Raised I high over the entrance, a doorway, a gateway, leading down to Amenti. Few there would be with courage to dare it, few pass the portal to dark Amenti. Deep in earth's heart lie the halls of Amenti, what is this, far beneath the islands of sunken Atlantis. Uh, he's reading from one of the translations of the uh, uh, of the tablets. I have that. I, I have that book somewhere, uh, but it's a smaller, thin one, so it's gotten buried. I'll have uh, to okay. poke around for it. The the Emerald Tablets. That's the one I don't have. I have Asclepius, and I have um, I have something that I guess is the the, the Cabalion is based on. I forget exactly which. See, that's Asclepius another one I haven't one. read. Is the Cabal uh, Cabalion? Yeah, it's I've read it and it's kind of like it's kind of Mickey Mouse, but it's okay. Give it a shot. <laughs> but the, all of these things, the Emerald Tablets, just for anybody who isn't familiar, that's kind of one of the foundational texts of what people nowadays would would refer to as Gnosticism or Hermeticism, which is a, um, a sort of like a satanic view of Christianity, a Coptic Christi- uh, satanic view of Christianity where. You you're you've worshipped like Satan and pragmatism and and have a text of of morals that was laid down by Thoth and by Hermes the thrice wise and these sort of archaic figures that may or may not have existed. Uh, it's fun, great reading, good light reading. If you're ever you know commuting, check it out. Uh, so for these last two clips, it's going to get a little weird, which is all we could ever want for on this show. Um, so buckle in. Let's see what happens. I want to mention that Atlantis was situated at the center of our plane, possibly perched on top of Mount Maru, the magnetic mountain at the center of our plane, which our compass needles are attracted to. The layout of Atlantis has been depicted as having three concentric rings, and so has Mount Maru. Deep in Earth's heart lie the halls of Amenti. It's been said that Shambhala is to the Earth what the heart is to a human being. Shambhala is the Buddhist name for paradise, often synonymous with Mount Maru. Mount Maru in some artwork looks like a wormhole. This vortex is the Earth's heart in which lie the halls of Amenti. Shambhala is often depicted like a giant lotus having eight petals. I've explored in previous videos how eight-rayed symbols often represent a gateway, like the eight-rayed symbol of the Nibiru, the cross of the Elu, and the Dharma wheel. Now, it's said that those who enter Amenti must reconnect with their divine nature in order to pass through. This is just like the flaming sword which guards the Garden of Eden. To enter the halls of Amenti, the Garden of Eden, Shambhala, past the metaphorical flaming sword, we must raise our vibrations and gain the favor of the goddess of this plane. One way we are doing this is by writing down, I intend to usher in heaven on earth, spilling a few drops of our blood on the paper and publishing it to the internet. We are publishing it because this signifies to the universe that it's your true intent and it speeds up this blood magic by using the internet as a medium to connect our intent with the aether. Motherfucking blood over intent. I was not expecting to come across that in this fucking video. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar with blood over intent, uh, it's like he described. You you take that specific phrase and you write it on a piece of paper and you take a pen or something and you prick your finger and you 
drop a couple droplets of blood onto the paper. Then you post that video. Uh, you got to film the whole thing so you can, mm-hmm. you know, uh, encapsulate that intention and then you post it. Uh, did you catch the whole clip? Uh, almost, yes. I mean, I'm going to take it back to like uh, right here. I intend to usher in. Not far enough. Now, it's said that those who enter a menti must reconnect with their divine nature in order to pass through. This is just like the flaming sword which guards the Garden of Eden. To enter the halls of a menti, the Garden of Eden, Shambhala, past the metaphorical flaming sword, we must raise our vibrations and gain the favor of the goddess of this plane. One way we are doing this is by writing down, I intend to usher in heaven on earth spilling a few drops of our blood on the paper and publishing it to the internet. We are publishing it because this signifies to the universe that it's your true intent, and it speeds up this blood magic by using the internet as a medium to connect our intent with the Aether. Motherfucking blood over intent. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I will admit, I will come out and say that Maybe a couple of years ago, I can't remember why I was going to try it, but I never did. But at the at that point, I was like, "Man, if there's anything that I can do, and this is the one thing that would be just so ridiculous that would be that powerful, I'd go for it." Uh, but I, I never, I never took the chance. Mm. No, I've read too many stories about rituals and Aleister Crowley and people that have done things like that, and. And if there's one thing that I know for sure, you know, I'm not, I'm never behind most of the things that we talk about 100%. I'll always have sort of an, an incredulity of anything that, that is like a theory that we talk about. But there's one thing I know for sure. There are things out there that if you go looking for them, they'll find you that exist on some different level, some different plane. You know, it happens with people who are ghost hunters who go out and they look for ghosts. Every friend that I've ever had who legitimately spent like a year looking for ghosts and went with friends and went to abandoned buildings and haunted locations, they eventually found something or something found them or whatever, and they all regretted it and they all stopped doing what they were doing. And I've experienced it with some of my you know life experiences. And there's just, there's something out there, man, that we don't really understand that it's just, it's, it's a different world and it just barely brushes against our world and they cross over, but they most of the time don't want to, or if they do, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a really specific conscious effort to communicate with the vast majority of those kind of elements that I'm talking about. Would you say that those elements come from maybe perhaps an underworld? It's possible. Uh, that's like the very easy way to think about it. The very convenient way to just like compartmentalize that image of there's something. The, the energy that leaves us when we when we die, where does that go? Does it go there? Does it does it recycle itself? There's Here's an idea. What if instead of it's this, let's go, let's go, I don't want to call it good or bad or light or dark. Let's say this negative, okay? Let's say this negative spirit isn't actually a negative spirit. We're in a negative realm and that's a positive spirit that's being 
inverse and flipped and getting fucked up and getting it signal jammed. So it mm-hmm. comes out as this monstrous mess on the other side. Or maybe the other way of thinking is like maybe it's maybe we're inferior and it's superior in some grand scheme of something. So it's just coming through and yelling at us. <laughs> yeah, or like we're a bug to it. You know, like it, we just so happened to be crawling around its garage when it turned on the light and came in. That's kind of the way I like to think about a lot of these sorts of experiences. Yeah. Is, you know, it's like, it's like driving. It's like being in traffic. You know, you just happen to time things right and run into people or whatever. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, why not? It's it's something that has that shares a consciousness with us in the sense that, like, we can communicate with it on some level that maybe we can't understand. But you have feelings inside when you experience these things, and you do communicate with it without words. And so there is something that links it together. There is a link. There's a thread somewhere. And that thread, I think, is a fascinating uh, a fascinating sort of element to think about. I keep using the word element. but It's a good word. It's, it's a fun one to say. It's it, a very it caressable so many word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it can stand for all kinds of... It can stand for a variable. It can stand for a ghost. And all with, be within the parameters of its of its definition. The forces of nature. The forces of nature, the 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 foundation of nature, like the four elements, uh, or the the periodic elements. Yep, it goes on and on and on and on. Well, I get this uh, this last one, and I think uh, I I think you brought it home to a nice place to to wrap it up. Blood over intent is metaphysically connecting everyone who partakes in this practice, and it's using our sacred blood to seal in our divine intent into this reality. So the halls of Amenti is where we are headed to. Funny enough, the Egyptian underworld has been called Amenti. The underworld isn't the land of the dead, but it's the world underneath our feet, just like the name suggests. Amenti, or Duat, is ruled mainly by Osiris. Osiris has been at times considered the black one and has green skin. This is because the black sun, which rules the underworld, is emitting the green astral light. So just as Thoth is said to enter Amenti in order to achieve everlasting life and escape death, we can do the same by following our compasses and entering the center vortex. We are gathering for this journey under blood over intent. I'm still a little weirded out about the blood magic, but uh, I like everything else that he's got going on here and postulating. Um, yeah. You, you know the Jim Morrison? You ever see the Jim Morrison movie with Val Kilmer? Uh, not uh, in the a doors long fucking in. time. There's, do you remember the blood, uh, the blood ritual scene? Nope, but I'm adding it to the list of things I have to check out along with 8 Mile. <laughs> oh, man. Add it to another... Uh, add another movie to the list of things that we need to watch on the on the thing. Anyway, what, the thing about the Doors movie is that Jim Morrison in that movie has two main love interests. The one is his the woman who was his wife, Pam, and then the other is this like gypsy witch, uh, we you know uh, occult lady. That he that like you know he's just like with you know on the side, 
and they have a ritual where they do a Wiccan wedding and they they do a little blood ritual where they both slice each other's palms and they you know they do drugs and they light a bunch of candles and they start you know like basically banging each other in a in a pentagram while they bleed on one another <laughs> kinky <laughs> you know as as one does but uh the blood magic stuff, and I, I don't know if I told you this. This is really dumb, but I'm I'm making a Dungeons and Dragons campaign right now, a one off for my friend's birthday, and it's all about a blood a blood mage, oh, and about shit. blood magic, and about like like the the abduction of of people to to use them as as fodder for blood magic. <laughs> and in the uh, did you ever check out the Avatar cartoon series? Oh yeah, I'm uh I'm almost through. I think the I'm almost through the 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 original series. I think I'm on like season 3. Nice. I'm watching it with a friend. Hell yeah. Uh what do you what do you ask? Well, I it gets into the uh, Legend of Korra more so, but there's a new um type of uh water bending that gets discovered. Oh god, blood bending? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's really gnarly. I, I, as soon as I finish it, I'm going to watch that too because I hear that's really great. Yeah, I've, I've thir- thoroughly enjoyed the series as a whole, both of them. Um, it's it's uh it's good wholesome entertainment, you know, in a, in a, in a like super badass, decent story for the most part. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we can talk about really Korra a little more when when you check it out there, there's some seasons i really dug we'll, I was like, we'll do oh, that man. on our official cora episode we'll have our official behind the schemes behind the cora behind the cora episode thank you <laughs> and avatar and all that you know that's just a real that's a real solid little show and there's a lot of heart to it you know you watch a lot of television a lot of it's garbage but that that's not garbage hell yeah you know what else isn't garbage behind the schemes I think goddamn uh, right. You're I know. Goddamn right. I know. I know. It's been it's been one fucking hell of a ride for this episode. I'll tell you that much. It's been a sweet, sweet ride around the world in one day, which doesn't even exist. I like the idea that it, it could just keep going and going and going. And there's just different like layers, like an onion. Oh, there's so many levels to that whole thing. It just scratches the door. To call it Flat Earth is actually kind of insulting to how complex what he's talking about is. You know what uh, You know what John C. Dvorak calls it? What's that? This show is behind the schemes. Well, one of these days, I'll get my levels figured out. <laughs> you gotta get on the level, Blueberry. I can fix this. Uh, this has been episode thir- 49. Holy shit. Next week is episode 50. Oh, man. The big 5 I can't believe it, man. And then we got fucking... Uh, yeah, one year anniversary by the end of the month. And do we have a guest for next week's show? I forget. Uh, uh, not... Immediately, I soft-assed uh, some folks. We'll confirm with them probably tonight or tomorrow. Uh, probably tomorrow. Right. 
Well, uh, if we don't have a guest on, then we will be doing an episode on something really fantastical. So please don't forget to tune in every Monday night at 9.30 Central, 7.30 Pacific. Uh, behind the schemes, we're operating... We're one of those late night shows, you know what I mean? Yeah, one of those and, late late night shows. <laughs> and they're not—they can't take us down. We there's nothing they can do other than shut our power down or, or bomb us. You know, knock on wood. This place is is real underground radio. So, fuck yeah, power to the power to the shit, man. This is how we do it. Punk rocket, punk rock in action. Punk rockets in action. Punk rockets in action. In action. That's my goddamn sticky note. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. We're behind the schemes. Yeah. Six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a scream. Uh, leave us any questions. Uh, say anything you want. We don't. We don't mind. And we'll play them on the show play the fuck out of them speaking of playing playing the fuck out of it i've been booberry mothman of the miniocalypse and from all the way over here on the left coast where there's bunkers and all kinds of shit that's being denied access to build on because there's polluted and the government needs that land my name is lavish or loveislit.com <laughs> <laughs>